It's the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Great moments are born from great opportunity. And that's what you have here. That's what you've earned here tonight. Forget about the crowd. It's the size of the school. Their fancy uniforms. And remember what got you here. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game, in my book, we're going to be winners. On this team, we tear ourselves and everyone else around us to pieces for that inch. We claw with our fingernails for that inch because we know when we add up all those inches, that, that, that's going to make the f***ing difference between winning and losing. It's down to the wire with, with, with Errol Marks and Speedy Petey. The Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Hello, 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 hello! Long Island, New York, and world, worldwide fans around the country. Thank you for listening to our shows, which we're not on today because of the bad weather here on Long Island. Happy, I guess you could say, happy late Thanksgiving. All the fans out there, all the people with their families, having some fun on Thanksgiving Eve, going out with their friends, coming out from college. And then, obviously, all the families hanging out with each other, eating some turkey and some candy yams or whatever the heck you eat on Thanksgiving. I'd like to wish everybody a happy Thanksgiving. And up next, Christmas, which everybody is pouring out. Cyber Monday, which is today. Over the weekend, well, over the last couple of days, it was Black Friday weekend. So all the people that were going out shopping with their families, oh, what a headache. That's all I can say about that. one 9977 is the number to call the show. As you know, you can follow us by going to our website at WorldWideSportsRadio.com. You can follow us on all our social medias, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, TuneIn Radio, Radio.com. We're all over, and we're going to have our app up and running by the end of the year, so you can actually download our app and listen and follow us and read our stories as you guys know, as you guys know, my producer, Mr. Speedy Petey, how was your weekend with your family in Connecticut, my friend? It was fun. A lot of fun. And you also think Mike was a sexy man, don't you? You, you think he's sexy, no, right? I, I don't know what logic you got. No, no. You, you, you did say off air that you thought Mikey was yes, good looking. Yes, con- not in the context you were implying. No, but no. you said that he was good looking. Did you not say that? Did you leave him alone? Did you, you find him very attractive, right? Listen to, listen to him. No, I'm being serious. You find Mikey C. <laughs> Very attractive. Not in I mean, the way you're implying. I mean, what would you rate him if you were interested in him? A one or a ten? One from ten. An eleven, baby. What would you give him from from know. a score of one to ten? If if I don't know. if if you were to vote Mikey C as some kind of vote from one to ten, what would you grade him? What am I judging on? I don't know his looks, his personality. Give it to him. I like his personality. All right, so you're in love with him, right? No, you just said. You love his personality. You love to twist words. No, but you just said you love his personality. So you love him. I like his personality. No, you I just not. said you loved I did not. his personality. Yes, she did. I did not. Yes, she did. You said you love his personality. Stop twisting words. But you did say that. Oh, my God. Did you not say that? No. Oh, well, I heard you Try say again. you love his personality. Getting so what would you rate him? Here. What would you rate him from 1 to 10? This Come is, on, Speedy. This is what he this does. can't be this the whole just, show. Come just on. wait till it gets to you. Okay. <laughs> All right. We'll, we'll go with... Uh, well, just to give you give a rating again, I don't know what judgment is on. We'll go with an eight for now. Oh, he gave you an eight. Solid Mike. eight. That, that's solid eight. That's not bad. Steve, what's going on, man? How was your weekend? 
Oh, man, it was great. It's, it's always nice to uh, spend a little time with the family and uh, eat a lot and watch football. You can't uh, complain there. Boring games, by the way. Terrible games. Yeah. You know, I mean. The you, best you, game was the, the Lions game. That was the best game with, with a, a third-string quarterback. The weekend, I'm but. sorry. I mean, not the weekend. Uh, the Thursday night football game. Yeah, but uh, all in all, it was, it was a good day. You know, get to watch football, eat a lot, and hang out with family. You know? Well, that's good. Uh, and you got to hang out with your girl. Of course, yeah. There you go. So you, you, you had a little bit of both, you know, the best of both worlds right there. Right, Speedy? What would you rate Steve? What would I rate Steve? I, Do you like his personality? Do you love his personality? <clears throat> I don't really know him well enough yet. But what so would you gosh. rate his personality if what you do know? I'll, I'll say for, with potential, a six. Ooh. Ooh. So right. what I would you, some work to do. So you gave him a six. Yes, because <laughs> I've known him only, what, two weeks that he's been here? So All right. It's really tough to judge right now. So you're giving him a six. So, Mike, a you're... Solid four you're, hours. You know, I, I, I really am starting to figure hours. you out now. <laughs> I think... I think Mike, a.k.a. the Beef, is in love with Mikey C. I mean, he, you know, he, he loves him. And now you do. So he's got two loves. He's got two loves. I guess knowledge is power. Yeah. I, I don't know about knowledge. I mean, 90% right. Uh, 90% <laughs> right in your book. Anyways, Mikey C., how was your weekend? And with your family, your son, and uh, your mom? Good. It was very good. Can't complain. You know, nice, quiet atmosphere with the family. And that's all I asked for. Interesting. Well, my Thanksgiving was pretty ridiculous. Nobody asked you. Yeah, well, I'm asking. I my, I, well, I, I, don't, I don't need you to ask me. I'm going to tell you what happened. I took off my earrings because one of my earrings need to be um, sand down because uh, for some reason it, it, I can't get the whole twisty screw thing on the back of my ear. So I took them off and I put them on my, ta- on my mom's table. The whole time, my sister knew that my earrings were off my ears. She knew that they weren't there. I didn't stick them. They were sitting on the, the middle part of the table. Well, she begins after dinner to take, uh, it makes no sense, take the tablecloth and roll it up. We didn't even finish. We didn't even have dessert. Roll it up That's... and throw, throw out the tablecloth. I didn't realize until an hour into the dessert that we were eating that my earrings were gone. So I'm bugging out, and I, my brother rips apart the, the garbage outside, finally finds the garbage that he threw out. We rip apart the garbage. They're ripping. They open up the tablecloth, and they're looking for my earrings. They couldn't find my earrings in the beginning. I'm bugging out. I'm screaming at my mom. My mom's like, well, you're the one who put it there. Well, it, I don't care who, where, and, and, and how I put it there. It was there. And she threw it out, and I said, Mom, do you have $400 to pay for my earrings? And she says, no, but she shouldn't have kept it there. But if it was anybody else, if it was anybody else in my family, it would be, oh, it's his fault. Oh, he's got to pay for it. He's got to pay for it. Is she listening right now? She should I don't call care. in and defend herself. I don't care. She can call in and defend herself. I, I'll hang up on her. Because I haven't spoken to my mom or my sister since Thanksgiving because of that. Thanksgiving earrings cake. Yeah, well, what could I say? My well, family's at least it didn't nice. end up in the dessert. <laughs> well, it would have been worse. I, well, I'd rather... At least you could sit there and say that you haven't spoken to them. There's something that they've been thankful for. Mm. Shut up, Mike. You really are annoying. You know that? You're a pain in the ass. Anyways, we have a lot of sports to talk about today. And I want to get into the New York Jets. And I know the Giants are the talk of the town right now here in New York because they just completely stink. But the Giants didn't play the worst team in the NFL yesterday. They didn't get crushed by the worst team in the NFL yesterday. 
I want to hear about, and I, I've stuck up for Adam Gase for the last three weeks. I thought I his play why. calling, I thought his play calling has been better. And what I saw yesterday, especially you're, in the second half. You were believing, half, right? You were believing. Well, in here's the thing. And I, did go I, watched, believing. I watched the defense play zone Not defense the, the last three weeks. The we real knew, Jet we knew that was coming. The Jets were playing zone for the last three weeks, and they've played very, very well in the zone packages. Yesterday, not only did Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton eat the Jets' zone packages up for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. He not only embarrassed the secondary, and what secondary the Jets have is beyond me. Jamal Adams is probably not playing next week. Marcus May has been playing hurt for the last two weeks. And their secondary, their corners that have played well, they're no-name guys that no one's ever even heard of. They're still playing Tremaine Johnson. What? $20 million a year. they got to get rid of that contract. It's affecting the Jets. This is a guy that they overpaid for for one, really one or two good seasons with the Rams. Two, really. <laughs> and you look at this team right now. The offensive line was horrendous yesterday. I'm sorry. It was horrendous again yesterday. Against a defense... That is okay. Their front four is good, though. They're okay. They're one of the worst uh, rush defenses. They're the worst rush defense yeah. of football. That's because they're, they're line, okay. They're wait, linebackers wait, and wait. safeties. They're are the worst rush defense, and Gaze threw for fifty-four times. <laughs> Does that make any sense? None of it makes any sense. If you're a Jet fan, yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> that when I saw that statistic, it blew my mind. And <laughs> you think of Le'Veon Bell, and I, I love Bell all this money. I too. love what Le'Veon Bell. You know, he's sticking up for the players. He's sticking up for the team. He's sticking up for. You know, what the Jets stand for. And he says that he's having one of his best seasons of his career. Not are, even close. Are, are we blind here? Are we watching the same football See, uh, games? If, if I would have heard that, I would have went after him because I would have never drafted him then. Are we <laughs> drafting? Maybe he means financially. Uh, I don't know what it is, but it's embarrassing. For him to go up and talk to the press after the game and even before the game stating that he's having a great season and he believes – that this has been one of his best per, uh, you know, potential seasons that he has had in his you know, seven or eight illustrious career as an NFL football player. He's blind. Because this is one of his worst seasons. As a matter of fact, he's, he's rushing less yards per carry than he ever has in his career. And I don't want to hear about the offensive line. The Jets overpaid. And I, they didn't overpay for no, they, didn't they, they They gave him a, an extension of years to his contract because of who he is and the player that he is and that he said he believes that he has three, four, maybe even five good years left in the NFL. To me, he's slower. You think he looks slower? Oh, absolutely. He looks slower. Now, you're, you don't think that's just rust? I, rust in week year? 13? From not playing last year? I'm sorry. I don't know what rust you are. You're an elite running back. You've been an elite running back for the last five years. You've been the best running back in football for five years. You miss one year, and you come out, you, you demand a contract. Not only— I think it was that party boat that I met him on in the summer. I think he's still hungover. I don't know what it is. He does look slower, but he's also— I don't know if he looks the, slower. I just feel that bit. maybe the offense— He's just not allowing him to be explosive. It's also the style of runner that he is, too. He's very patient. He likes to wait for, I mean. Yeah, right. You're right. No, you're right. He likes to wait for the holes because he has great vision, but, but there's the holes opening holes. up. Exactly, right. yeah. That's what I'm saying. I don't know if that's, you know, accurate enough to even say that. It's just, to me, when you look at the New York Jets and what we've seen of this New York Jet team in the last three weeks, this is a completely different Jet team 
on Sunday this past week. Sam Darnold was a shell of himself in the last three weeks. And that has a lot to do with the offensive line, throwing his, his, his percentage. Uh, throw, you know, Because you, you rate a quarterback by percentages on the three steps, the five steps, how he releases the ball, where he gets the ball in the flats. To me, he had his worst game as an NFL quarterback yesterday. He was, ter- he was terrible. He was t- worse than the Ghosts game? It was terrible. It was even worse than the Ghosts game. Because the, the ghost game, at least, was the Patriots' defense, who have been phenomenal. The Bengals' defense, they, again, the like I said, their front, four, their front four is pretty good. They have a really good young corner, but that's really it. They looked, first of all, Sam Darnold didn't look good. And I'm not blaming Sam. He's a young quarterback, and he's going to go through these particular moments. I believe next year will be the transition year on what we, we believe Sam Darnold is or what he could be. If he doesn't transition into the quarterback that a lot of people think he's going to be next year, then the Jets are going to have a problem. They're going to be looking for a new franchise quarterback. But I think he is the guy. But this offensive line's horrendous. The defensive line did not look good yesterday. Quinn Williams, and I, I'm sorry, who? and I stick Quinn Williams. I don't know who that is. Well, a lot of people don't know who that is. He was the number one draft. Yeah. He was the number third pick in the, thir- in the first round. He's been there. And Where have you been? He's got 12 tackles and 1.5 sacks. And I don't know what the Jets are doing with him. I don't know what Greg Williams is doing with him in the middle of, uh, in the, middle of the front. Uh, I, I guess they're putting that nose tackle or defensive tackle right now. I think he should be at the end. He's at 3-4 end and I think defensive tackle and pass rushing systems. But maybe with the lack of depth, they also play him at uh, end as he well. He should be at the end. He should be the guy that's getting, trying to get to the quarterback. He's not the guy that's trying to get to the quarterback. He's there to stuff the run, which the Jets have been very, very good at for the last couple of weeks. And matter, matter of fact, the Jets have been the best in the NFL at stopping the run. We have our first call of the day. Welcome to Down to the Wire. Who are we speaking to? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> What's going on, Snug? I had to get in on the rating because I thought that was fun. First of all, I want to say that Mikey C. was a solid eight. Because he is a handsome gentleman, he's funny, but occasionally he doesn't show the snacks to us. But uh, then he became a Patriots fan, so he is a ten for sure. <laughs> Vinny? Oh, 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 oh! You said Mike. Mike became a Patriots yeah. fan. So you, yeah. So you agree with him being a front runner, and because of that, you're giving him a ten. No, I think it's more like converting because of wisdom. how do you convert at the age of forty-three? I don't understand that. Is there a certain age that you convert before? Do you have to be like 41? You know, you got to read the Errol, Errol Marks rule book. Yes. Whatever, whatever, the last, whatever the last age he switched with for, with his hockey teams. That's where I was 11 years old when oh, I switched. Yeah. You're only I was old. a no, kid. The first one. No, I, was, I was a baby. Right, but what was the most recent one to the Islanders after I was 11. retired? What what you I was 11 years old. acceptable age to switch? No, didn't you switch to the Panthers too? Yeah, but the Pan- I was a Van Beesburg fan, but when right. they became no, an Islander, what was it? In, when I was 14? I, I look at it as I became oh. a Ranger hater when I was 11. So I was, I, I, okay. to me... I hated the Rangers when I was a kid. All right, I you was, can't transition okay. your teams when you're in your late 20s, 30s, or 40s, okay? You can't do that. Your team is your but team. But isn't Mikey older than you? Mikey is older than me by like then how would six, he seven years. Because he couldn't have come in before your age that you decided that that was the age. Well, again, Mikey knows He didn't me. read my rule book. Well, <laughs> Mike's rule book is all over the place. So, Anyway, Snug, what would you like to talk about? Yeah, I wanted to... 
uh, ask more about the earrings as well because you gave us a wonderful teaser, but did you find the earrings? Yes, we found the earrings. One of the earrings were in a cup all the way on the bottom of the garbage my brother had to rip open. So my mom blamed me for the smell in her house. So I didn't do anything wrong. I did nothing wrong. I put my earrings on the table because I didn't want to lose them. My sister threw them out. And I get the blame because the house smells like you know what. And it smells like garbage. And I was the blame because my sister threw them out. So, of course, if you know me, and you've been listening to the show for a very long time, you know that I don't take arguments very well. And I attacked my mom and I attacked my sister and pretty much attacked her boyfriend as well. Her boyfriend had like a... I curled up in a ball and hit on the couch because he, he, he was afraid of me. But um, I was very upset. Just say that. Will there be any chance that you'll be giving away tickets to the Thanksgiving next year? Because I'd love to attend. <laughs> I know you would love to attend. If you bring some cupcakes and some cakes, maybe I'd like no. you to attend. Snug, you know you got to no. wear earrings. Snug, you got to attend <laughs> when your, your Kenny earring stance when oh, Kenny God. comes and brings the turkey. Well, Kenny is actually we're uh, going to plan that oh, in the next oh, in January. That's going to be hilarious. Yeah, in January he's going to he's going to bring us a Thanksgiving dinner with his father. I I know I haven't spoken to Kenny, but he keeps pushing me to his uh, YouTube channel where I see this guy sit in front of his computer and you know, talk football, and I, I'm wondering if he actually knows what he's talking about. So it's an interesting well, – but he's got viewership. He does. He's got something – I think the most viewership he's had is like 10 or 11, which is not bad for, for Kenny. I don't know who would sit there and listen to Kenny for, for an hour. I mean, but he's, he's up there. I actually listened to him for a little bit. I had to laugh a little bit, but Kenny's a nice guy. No, extremely. Yeah, he's a nice Just guy. out there. He's out there. He's a little funny. So I would just sit there uh, and say out I there. Would be- I would be thrilled to attend anything hosted by Kenny. But I was going to float the theory that maybe the reason that the, the tablecloth was thrown away, does the Marks family wipe their hands and mouths on the tablecloth? No, Snug. But actually, the Marks family, actually, we have a tablecloth my mom set up for, like, the last nine years. And after we're done eating, you have to write something on a tablecloth. Really? Yes. She does it. She's done it for, like, the last almost ten years. So... I write these crazy things about my brother, like, like really disgusting, weird things about my brother every single year. So if you go around and you go searching through the tablecloth, my brother tries to add some stupid things about me when he actually reads the stuff that I write about him. But it's really, really funny. I see some really derogatory funny things. Tablecloth trash talk. Yes, it is really, really funny. And my mom says, well, yeah, I think it's funny. I got to take a picture of it. I think a lot yeah, of people should, would laugh at it. You should have brought that in and read some of those. I oh, don't know. I, it wouldn't be proper for radio, that's for sure. <laughs> it wouldn't be proper. Bring your brother in, too. I mean, this is good stuff. Uh, my brother? I, I don't know if my brother would be much of a radio show guy. I mean, he's very quiet. He's very to himself. He's completely different. Different than me. Completely. Hot and cold, baby. Hot and cold. How about your Patriots yesterday? Well, they didn't look so good. The Patriots? They stumbled a little bit. Stumbled? It, it's hard when you, only, when you only have one person to throw the ball. To. Oh, hold on one Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So now that Tom Brady doesn't have Gronkowski anymore, he doesn't have Hogan anymore, he doesn't have Randy Moss or any of the other guys that nobody wants to give credit to because Tom Brady made everybody look good when he played for him. Why, my question is why Chris Hogan is in the same stratosphere as the other two you listed. Because Chris Hogan was a part of the team and he was a big part of their offense at certain parts of the last two seasons. I mean, maybe, 
Uh, maybe. maybe. Go yeah, look at his numbers. Probably three good games a year. Yeah, well, that's not what I'm talking about, Speedy. I'm talking about the whole factor of what they have as weapons around him. And everybody thought this kid, Harry, was going to be some superstar wide receiver. He, he's not the player that anybody thought, a.k.a. Speedy Petey, who came out and said, this I, guy's no, a star. I, I Arizona he, State, this I, guy's a star. I admitted he was a project. Oh, uh, a project? He's more than a project. But he's very talented. He won't be, in the, he won't be in the NFL in two or three years. Guaranteed. Guaranteed he won't be in the NFL in two or three years. I, I'll tell you this right now. The Patriots are in a lot of trouble. They're in a lot of trouble. Very vulnerable. They're a vulnerable team. Their offensive line's terrible. Tom Brady is vulnerable. He doesn't have the arm strength he has had in the last, I would say, five years. He doesn't look – I don't know if he lo- doesn't look healthy or he's starting to look old. I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm sorry, Jeff, and I know Jeff is probably going to be ringing in the phone because he, I'm sure he's lurking or you know, doing whatever he does on social media thinking that I'm taking shots at the Patriots. This Patriot team is not the Patriot team we've watched in the last – well, last year they were weak in certain areas too, but the year before that and the year before that and the year before that. This is not the same Patriot team. This no. is a vulnerable Patriot team that has – weaknesses offensively in every category. And the last Patriots team that had this much of offensive line issues was the team that lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship game, and they really had trouble. I think they allowed five or six sacks in that game and a lot of quarterback hits. And there's a lot of good pass rushes that they're going to have to face come playoff time. What is your take on that, Snug? I think that the Patriots aren't looking their best at the moment. I think they're still looking better than the team that lost to the Bengals yesterday. So that's I never said that. Why is, why is it that when fans call the show, they take a shot at the Jets? Like, I, my first take, and I'm not even done with the Jets, is that they look terrible. They, they look as bad as they, ever, they have ever looked as a Jets organization in the 26, 27 years of my existence watching this team. Like, fully watching this team. Like, I'm 30, I'm 37, but I really got deep into the Jets when I was like 9 or 10 years old. And this team has looked as bad as the Kotite era. That's how bad they've looked offensively in certain aspects of the game. And the Bengals aren't even a good defensive team, and they look bad. So I, I don't know why you're coming out and taking shots at the Jets. I'll take my own shots at the Jets. I'll take my own shots. What is this, twice now I'm that they, they've lost that to, to winless teams? Yeah, Most I ever. I have to be thankful for what I have. Thankful for what? Losing in the playoffs? They're expected to make they're the playoffs. Still, they're still really good. They're, they haven't they're, been eliminated. They're not the really good. Yet. They're a good team. I think they're so weak offensively right now. The really good is gone. I, I'm sorry. I know you're going to say, well, they're 10-2. Look at the division they're in. Look at the conference as a whole that they're in. I mean, seriously. If they were in the NFC, question. if they were in the NFC right now, There's do you ru- think they'd be ten and two? I got a question. There's rumors floating around that A B might come back to the Patriots. What would happen if he comes back? I don't believe it. Okay, no, no, I'm just what if he does? Uh, if he does, it, it will make them off, uh, obviously a better offensive team. But remember, A B hasn't played all season long, really. So that you're t- also talking about a guy that's gotta get back on the field, get his feet wet. This is a guy that has foot problems. For the last three years, he's, he was going into the season with Oakland, if you watch Hard Knocks, with foot problems. This guy isn't 100% healthy, and he's got enough problems as he is off the field. You want to bring a guy in? I don't, I don't want to hear about him apologizing to Robert Kraft. I'm not going to apologize to Robert Kraft because Robert Kraft has his own personal, personal issues on and off the field. 
Okay? And I'm not even going to get into that. But to me... Well, he did get caught. I agree. He did get caught. Because the other owners are doing the same thing. Well, he did get caught. Everybody else was lined up. It was just his picture. Yeah, well. Because he was a he, big target. That's he doesn't right. care as long as the season has a happy ending. Well, the happy ending is, is he's going to get knocked off by the Ravens. Because if he thinks he's going to go into a playoff, a playoff game playing like that offensively, the Ravens are going to eat him up alive. The you Ravens, saw what the, the Ravens, Ravens did. one seed, too. You, you, if you watch the Ravens and you see what they did to San Francisco yesterday, they gutted him. And, and, and by the way, Lamar Jackson did not have a great game. He ran 100 yards, but he didn't have a great game. He only threw 105. Yeah, he didn't have a great game. The fact that that Baltimore defense shut down San Francisco's offense the way they did, especially in the second half of the game, is pretty remarkable. It is pretty remarkable. And they stopped. The offensive line, the Ravens' offensive line, stopped Nick Bosa. Stopped him. Nick Bosa did, did nothing in the second half of the game. How much do you think the weather affected the outcome of that game. I don't think it affected yeah. anything. You're a professional football player. Also, the 49ers are not Southern California. They're Northern California where there is rain and there is wind there. So I don't think that's really a big deal. Now, jet, jet lag maybe, but not weather. Guys, Snug? All I'm going to say is that this. last year the, the uh, Patriots started off a little bit slow. If anyone can help bail them out, we all know it's Bill Belichick. He finds treasures in the trash pile. And who knows who the star might be this year? Hey, the Ravens are a really, really good team right now. They are clicking and firing on all cylinders. But as much as you claim they gutted the, the Niners yesterday, I believe the, the victory margin was three points. So, well, the Niners are a really good team. I don't <laughs> think the Patriots could beat Buffalo right now. I don't think the well, Patriots, they, beat they, they beat Buffalo, barely beat Buffalo. And this is, this is a Buffalo, yes, they do. And that, this is a Buffalo team that didn't have Singletary in the game. They didn't have their offensive weapons that are starting to hit on all cylinders that we've been watching the last couple of weeks. This is a different Buffalo team. And I think their defense could absolutely shut down that offense. That offense is not good. It's not. If the, if the Patriots win the Super Bowl this year, it will be because of strictly their defense. That's it. It will be their defense that's going to keep them together. No, Tom Brady, I'm telling you right now, Tom Brady looks old. He looks old. And I don't want to hear, well, he has nobody to throw to. That's a bunch of crap because all these years I've been hearing from Patriot fans, look, no Hall of Famers. He doesn't throw to anybody. He makes everybody around him better. Well, it, well I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's got a bunch of guys right now that he's not making around them better. So, to me, he looks old, and he doesn't look like the same quarterback we've seen in the last 10 years. That's just me. Now, we'll see what happens. This running game is going to be a big part. A big part. A big part of where this offense is going to go in the playoffs. Because all the playoffs, in my, my eyes, concerns me is you have to have a good running game, and you have to have a good defense. you got to run the clock out which they have two good, good running backs in James White and um, Sonny Michelle. Sonny Michel- Michelle, who, by the way, Sonny Michelle in the last couple of weeks has not looked good either. He hasn't looked good since the beginning of the season. So you think he's playing injured? I think a lot of players play injured. I think there, are, there is some concerns with his knee still, but the fact that he still hasn't gotten anything going yet, either that got worse, obviously, or they just, just Belichick doesn't trust him in the role just because of that struggle. Right now, I, I look at the Patriots. They have a lot of problems defensively in, in certain aspects of their defense because they're not getting a pass rush. Yesterday, 
the Texans practically, and that, that offensive line, that Texans offensive line is not good. Let's be honest. They're not a good offensive line. I, I know they were talking. Well, I was left listening. Left tackle's pretty good. Left tackle. Yeah, one player. That's one player. Are you talking about Tunsil? No, the, the guard was pretty good. Too. You're talking about Tunsil? Yeah, but he's not a yeah. star. Tunsil is an average player since he's come into the league. They gave up two first-round draft picks for Jeremy yeah. Tunsil. And he, even, if, even if he does play to its highest potential, that's still only one player. You're right. They have one guard that's semi-decent, but he's not a star. He's average at best. I was, so, I was laughing at what they were saying on Sunday Night Football. Laughing. Oh, this offensive line is starting to build like the Indianapolis Colts. This is one of the best, best young, talented offensive lines in football. Are we watching the same football team? Are we watching the same football game? Because I'm sorry. They, did, they stopped the Patriots of getting to uh, Deshaun Watson, but I think Deshaun Watson had a lot to do with that right. too, <laughs> moving inside and out of the pocket. They couldn't catch him. So struggle against that mobile quarterbacks. Yeah, I was going to say, is that it? I they, said they, that for a while, man. I'm just, sorry? Running quarterbacks they, and they mobile struggle, quarterbacks, they, right. they struggle against. I think the they, way they build their team. I think a lot of – listen, every team has a weakness against a certain player, a certain uh, defensive player, a certain offensive player. Like Tom Brady always kills everybody. He slices everybody out because he likes to throw these short 10-yard passes. He knows his players. Right. He can't do that anymore. He can't do that anymore because now people are taking Edelman out. They're double-teaming Edelman and making the other players make plays, and they can't. And that is, and I've said this over and over again. Say what you want about Julian Edelman. He's going to be a Hall of Famer. Gronkowski, really? Hall of Fame. Yes, Edelman's number is a Hall of Fame. First of for all, four, three or four. He should have been a two-time. Years. He should have been a two-time MVP in the in the Super Bowl. Two-time, because in the Seattle game, in the Seattle game, he was a big okay. part. The okay. Atlanta That's game, fair. he was a big well, part. James White should have won MVP for that one, I think. Fine, Atlanta. The Atlanta game, the plays that he made in that game. He should have been the he MVP also really in that game. He struggled in that game, though, too. Yeah, but he made the big plays he when he needed to. Plays, yes, he right. made the big plays in that game sure. to win him that game. Sure. So, to me, he was, the, he was the best player in that game. So, again, yes, I think Julian Edelman, when he's done with his career, he's a Hall of Famer. His numbers show oh, that he is. Oh, you're projecting it later. Yes, right. I think All he's right. a Hall of Famer. All right, I think he'll need probably a couple more good regular seasons. He's his a Hall of Famer. numbers are there. He but. is a Hall of Famer. He's definitely a Hall of Famer. He's going into the Hall of Fame. Even being caught with steroids, because he did get, by the way, right. all you fans out there that know, Julian Edelman was suspended last year for four games for doing steroids. So, and I think it has a lot to do with injuries and him, you know, trying to get back on the right, field. he also came off a year where he was out for the year. He tore so, his ACL. Right. So, so that's why he was, he was trying to take steroids to try to, to, to get healthier quicker. But I'm sorry, this is not the same Patriots team we've been watching over the last couple of years. And there is a lot of weaknesses. And I do not, even though the AFC being as weak as it is, yes. I don't think they could beat Buffalo right now on paper. I don't. And I don't think they're going to beat ba- ba- Baltimore Ravens. The other teams, Kansas City has weaknesses. Their defense, really bad weaknesses. They're, 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 they have a lot of weaknesses in the secondary. And they can't stop the run either. Right. And they can't stop the run. But yesterday they, they played okay against the run. They didn't stop the run, but they right, played but all being up 24 nothing and 31 nothing helped right, that, right. too. <laughs> yes, but they, they played okay uh, stopping the run. They've been a little better in the second half. And I think Spagn- yeah, Spagnola's defense, is st- the players right. are starting right. to figure him out. Mm-hmm. And you, you remember in 2000, you know, 2007 with the Giants, their, their defense didn't figure anything out until the second half of the season, and then they went on that run and they won the Super Bowl. Right. And that was Spagnola's defense. Now, I'm not saying... This defense is as good as Spags' defense with the Giants. It's not. It's not even close. No. They don't have Michael Strand. They don't have Justin Tuck. 
and they don't have OCUMUR. They don't have any of those guys. But, again, they do have Clark, and he can get to the quarterback. And you're seeing what kind of havoc he can cause in the middle of the field when he gets to the quarterback. So, Snug, thank you for calling, buddy. Anytime. Merry, Merry Christmas. Happy holidays, gentlemen. Um, I believe Maddie Caps has your I got shirt. it, and I'm going to wear it like I always do. I'm looking forward to seeing this crazy, ridiculous shirt that you had made for me. Well, we went all out this year. You, you've got multiple gifts to enjoy, and I even had my wife wrap them for you. Really? I've got something ah. for you. I do have something for you, and I want you to text me. This time I do have something for you, so I am going to send oh, you something. absolutely. I got something I made for you. I wouldn't dream of not texting you. Well, Thank you. Thank so. you, gentlemen. Go Patriots, Mikey. You're, you're a 10. I don't care what Earl says. Thank you. And, I didn't uh, say anything. Please. I'm not giving him any rating. I don't rate guys. But Speedy gave him an 8, a hard 8. I totally rate guys because I'm comfortable with, with all things human. Mm. And I will say that Speedy is a solid 9. Wow. He went down to an 8.5 when he got that haircut, but then he put the bomber <laughs> back on so it went back to a 9. He needs another haircut. It's horrendous. He doesn't even nah, put the gel looking- in his hair. He looks better when he goes with the mustache. He promised it for November, but it's now December, and we were cheated. But we'll forgive him. Thank you, Snug. Thank you for calling. Thank you, gentlemen. Snug the Cat uh, from Sacramento, San Jose, wherever he's from, California. Big fan of ours. Uh, he's been listening to our show since me and Mikey started almost six years ago. It's, it's pretty incredible. And uh, he's been a reliable, faithful fan. Every single, every single time we come on live, he calls all our shows. Uh, he, he's definitely a personality. That's for damn sure. When we come back, I want to finish up with Adam Gase. And I want to get into the debacle of the New York Giants organization because I got a lot to say about Shermer, Gettleman, and Mara when we come back here on Down to the Wire. one 9977 is the number. We'll be back after this. It is the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You're, 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 you're listening, listening to Down to, to the, the wire. wire on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. one 9977 is the number. As you know, this is Down to the Wire. We are live every single Monday from 6.30 to 8.30 at night. Tonight, we're only here to 8 o'clock. I got um, an organization to go and, and, and show my face to, so I have to uh, show my face to this organization. So I will be there. At 8.15 tonight. So, anyways, I want to finish up with the Jets and quickly have my own thoughts to Adam Gase's play calling in the second half of the game. Here's the problem with Adam Gase. I don't think Adam Gase is a stupid coach. I don't. I also don't think Adam Gase is a bad offensive-minded guy. I really don't know if he knows how to use Le'Veon Bell in his offense. I really don't. Le'Veon Bell is one of the fastest guys in the flats. HB throws, tosses, in the open field, hatchback tosses. We've seen it over and over and over again over the years with the, uh, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. We have not seen that at all this year. I don't know what Adam Gase is doing. The best player on the field yesterday was Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell was the best offensive player for both teams on the field yesterday. How many yards did Le'Veon Bell have yesterday? What was it, 39? 40? Something like that. What did Le'Veon Bell do for the Jets yesterday against, to me, one of the worst defenses in the NFL? What did they do? 
They scored three points the whole game. Three points. In Cincinnati. And by the way, Cincinnati, the, the, the Bengals haven't won a home game in almost a year. 32 yards. 3.2 yards a carry. In almost a year. Why is it the Jets are always on that side of those statistics? Well, I think it has a lot to do with the coaching. I think the Jets... It's the franchise. No, I don't think it has anything to do with franchise. I think it has a lot to do it's with the cursed. coaching. And I think it has nothing to do with curses. You and your curses and your thoughts. Just like you think my thoughts of thinking, I, I think, that the Super Bowl when the Patriots and the Atlanta Falcons played against each other, I think it was absolutely... We're not arguing that again. Yes, I'm, I'm going to say it. I think it was absolutely behind... I think the NFL was behind that game. Oh, I thought you meant the other thing. No, you thought it was rigged. I do. No, I, I was referring to our, our Kyle Shanahan argument. No. No, that's another thing. I think Kyle Shanahan had something to do with it, too. But, again, this organization is poorly run as far as the coaching staff is concerned. You don't I, think ownership has any involvement? I, no, I don't. I think the GM I, – I like Joe Douglas, and I'll say this over and over again. I like him. I want to see what he does in the draft. I want to see what he's going to do in the draft this year. I do believe the Jets are going to make moves in the offseason where they're going to add more draft stock to this team. I think Joe Douglas is going to depend on his superior thought on drafting and the way he drafts. He brought a lot of guys from Baltimore to this organization. The The scouts... Some of the scouts that he worked with with Baltimore and Philadelphia are now working with the Jets. So this is a completely different scouting team and scouting uh, a bunch of scouts, different scouts. So I would, I would like to see what Joe Douglas is going to draft this year. Then we can make our assessment of who Joe Douglas is. I can't blame Joe Douglas. He didn't build this team. This is Mike McCagnin's team. Joe Douglas inherited it three weeks before the season started. So I'm not going to blame Joe Douglas. I'm going to blame Adam Gase. The fact that the players, I understand the players are playing for him. They are. Jamal Adams stuck up for him. Sam Donald stuck up for him. Even C.J. Mosley, who hasn't been on the field, who he has taken shots uh, on uh, C.J. Mosley in the offseason, thinking that he was overpaid. He stuck up for him. Le'Veon Bell is stuck up for him. So the players are sticking up for their coach. They're not taking shots at him. So obviously he has the player's ear. But to me, the players aren't playing for him, Mike. They're not playing for him. And if you're not playing for him, then why is he the head coach of this team? And I think the Jets, in the offseason... Well, I got a question. Yeah. The three wins in a row prior, you don't think they were playing for him? I think they... I, I, I just so said just, they were. Right. I just said they were. So you, no, no, I thought you just said they're not playing no, for him. No, I said they're... Play, right. Obviously, you're not paying attention. They are playing for him. They have said that they... They, they have never said... I have never heard... Jamal Adams, even when he was hearing the trade talks, take a shot at Adam Gase. He took a shot at Joe Douglas. He didn't take a shot at Adam Gase. I've never heard Le'Veon Bell take a shot at him. I've never heard Sam Darnold. All the big guys, none of those guys, have taken a shot at Adam Gase. So he's got the player's ear. But are the players playing for him? Are they just playing for the money that they got? CJ Mosley has not played at all, really, this year. One and a half games, two games. Do you know that on the roster, half their salary has been hurt 90% of the games this year? Half the salary, the salaries, look at their starting line. Look at their lineup right now. Look at their, look at their starting defense. Besides Jamal Adams and Marcus May, 
and Quinton Williams. Do you know anybody on that defense? Seriously. That is, that, that is healthy. Now, Anderson came back yesterday. Besides Anderson taking him out, do you know any player on that defensive line or any player in that linebacker core until this year? None of them. Besides Copeland coming back. Have you heard of any of those guys? I guarantee you haven't. This is a defense that has fought injury this year. I've played very, very well for Greg Williams. I'm not blaming Greg Williams. It wasn't the defense's fault on the way the offense played yesterday. It was the offensive coordinator, a.k.a. Adam Gase. Now, my assessment with the New York Giants. And this is going to be quick. Not only are they the laughing stock of the NFL right now, they are the worst team in the NFL. They're playing the Bengals this week, and the Bengals are going to run all over them. They're not playing the Bengals. Is, aren't they playing the Bengals no, this week? No, they're they don't playing, play them this year. Uh, they're playing the Eagles on Monday night. They don't play the Bengals this week? No, they, they don't play them this year. They play oh, I them thought they played them next I'm, year. Oh, next year. I'm sorry. I thought they play them this week. Who, who are they playing this week? I, I think Steve's they, right. They, they got the Eagles, uh, Eagles on Monday night. Eagles. I thought they played the Bengals this year. That's I another loss. No, they play the AFC East. Yeah, they Okay. To me... Shermer should be fired right now. No. No. Shermer should be fired right now. No, he's going to stay the whole season. He should be fired right now. Saquon Barkley has been a shell of himself. I think he's injured and he's playing injured. He should be completely put on IR. Looked a little better. I agree. I I disagree. It's a lost season. I I disagree. I I disagree. First of all, Saquon Barkley has a lot to prove. And, and I don't think so. I, I think he does. It's a lost yeah. season. What are you proving? He's a, he's a lost season. Next year's a lost season, too. And the year after is going to be a lost season, too. No, and the year after but, but will there, be a lost season, there's, too. There's nothing, no, you said there's a lot to prove. There's nothing to prove this year. There is a lot to prove. He's got it. To me, I, and I'm, I'm sorry to say, you're not winning with Saquon Barkley. Not for the next three or four years. You're not winning. This team is going to have to be so let him compete, play and continue reconstructed. To get it, it's got to be reconstructed, this team. I would, right now, even though Saquon has had an offseason because injury, I try to move him in the offseason and get a significant boatload back for him. Because you're not winning with him. They're going to boatload anyway. They're going to have the number two pick. They they might have the number one pick. What does that mean? (laughs) You can get a boatload for that pick. I don't think the Giants are trading that away. Yeah, I think they will. I don't think they will. If Chase Young's there, Chase Young has to be there. And you're over-exaggerating Chase Young. Yeah, extremely. Ohio State. I'll tell you this right now. How many pass rushers came out of Ohio State and became successful besides the Bosa's? Because I'll tell that's you this big, right that's now. That's a big sample. That's a big sample. That's two guys that's from the same the family. Boat, the boatload of picks. Genetics, recent. buddy. Recent. Genetics, right, buddy. But it's also recent. Yeah, the recent. boatload of picks that would be given up for that pick to grab a quarterback is too hard to pass up. See, I don't know if that would be as necessary, though, this year, though, because there's Miami, who's going to get a quarterback, and the Bengals, we know, but they're going to take one number one. Or there's number a ton of teams that need quarterbacks. In, the, in that early part of the draft? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it is this year. I think there's a lot more teams that need defense and offense. Here's the facts. Here's the facts. Saquon Barkley, right now, in the next three or four years, is going to win nothing with the Giants. So, right now, Saquon Barkley has a shelf life of maybe five or six years. So, you have to to consider firing Dave Gettleman then. I don't think they're going to fire him. Because but if you wasted that pick on a guy that you're saying is not even going to be impacting the team winning, no, they're not. But that, that's that, that's the problem with right, That's the problem with drafting a running back Steve, so di- early. Steve, the difference is though at that time it wasn't thought of like that. Yes, the the, right, Giants, because, the Giants had yeah. a decent roster. They right. had they they were trying to switch coaches. Obviously, they 
they were doing a lot. They of didn't things. have their a reliable team, running back, knowing that Eli still had time left. When everybody right. kind of knew Eli, right. what didn't have the time what left? Was, what was that's the, the problem? Right. What was the storyline for the Giants at that time? This team is an offensive line away from being one of the best offenses in football, and that's what they had to keep rebuilding. And then again, Saquon Barkley, because they had no running game at that time, and no running game really the last five years before that. Again, it was a pick that. You, you could stand by and at least make the team better. Now, I think some of their other picks they had in previous years kind of ruined all that anyway because they didn't draft offensive line well and, it, and they didn't draft defense well. So that ends up, ended up hurting it where they had other issues later on. But again, them purging assets is really the reason that they're in this position now. Now, if, it, if they were in that kind of same circumstance this year, it'd be a whole different story. I think there's then a the lot. pick looks really I, I think it's a lot. Of, right now when you look at the Giants in this organization – they're going, to get, they're going to bring in a new coach. That's going to take at least two years to acclimate uh, the quarterback to understand the, the, the understanding of the offense. You have to add new dif- – they have a lot of money to spend in the offseason. You've got to improvise and bring these players in. It's going to take at least two years for them to understand the offense and the defense or whoever they're going to bring. They might have to bring in a new defensive corner. They are going to bring in a new defensive corner. The whole team is going to be transitioned. Yeah, I think, I, it, think, I think you're going to see a clean slate. It's going to, it's going to take – I even think Gettleman is, could get fired I don't think as well. so. I, I don't think so. Say, so, so. I think so. Gettleman's going to be making all because, those right, decisions. Because, right, I don't, I don't think they're going to allow Gettleman to hire another coach when this one failed. I do. I think Gettleman will not be fired. I think Shermer will be taking the brunt of this, and I think they're going to let Gettleman um, – I mean, he had another did, he chance. He did draft their, their quarterback of the future, but I don't know. That's why I don't think Gettleman's going to be fired. That's why I don't think Gettleman's going to be fired. And I do believe Gettleman will be here for at least another year. But here's the thing. You look at this team, they're three, four years away. Right now, with Sa- Saquon Barkley coming, you can make that excuse that he's been fighting injury all season long. I'd move him in the offseason. I'd move him and get a boatload back for him. Because right now, you're trying to rebuild. You're not winning right now. And to use his youth right what now. Gonna, what would you get for him? You can get a lot. You can get a lot. You can get a lot for Saquon Barkley. You can get a first round and a third round draft pick for him. Absolutely. And I, and I think you do that. I think you do that right now. And maybe a player. I'd maybe sh- another player. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Maybe another player in that trade. You'd get a lot more than what they got for Odell Beckham. Absolutely. Well, I don't know. About the yeah. same. I don't know. I don't know about uh, that. Odell's. I don't know. Uh, Odell ain't doing anything. Uh, Odell's done. And he's getting paid almost $20 right, million a year. That's not Odell's Barkley's problem. not getting paid that's not Odell's besides his problem. signing cost. No, no, I understand that, but what I'm trying to say is underperforming quarterback. a team that could use a running back, and there's a lot of them, will probably pay the yeah, price. Yeah, but that running back market isn't as strong as you think either, though. There's, You're talking why, about somebody who had a prolific rookie season and is having a bad second year right, because but, of injury. And the team that look, he's on. Are you kidding me? Right, but look at the two running backs that just held out, and they were trying to move him, too. Do we have a caller? Yes, we Put do. him through. Welcome to Down to the Wire. Who are we speaking to? Anthony Andreosi. Who is this? I'm sorry? Anthony Andreosi. Hey, Anthony. What's going on, my friend? What's going on, buddy? How you been? I'm good, man. What would you like to talk about? Well, first off, you know what I mean? Whoever the hell says that Schumer needs to get fired right now, Obviously, they don't know how the Giants work. If you fire him now, you're going to end up with probably another Schumer or worse right now. You, you really do need him to play out the whole season and to see who comes out there in regards to what other coaches get fired, number one. Number two, as a Giant fan, if anybody out there is a Giant fan, they need the Cowboys to win at least one playoff game or else that's the only way you're staying away from Jason Garrett. As a new head coach. Oh, God, that's scaring me left and right. It's true, though. 
Because they, you know how the Giants are, this stupid shit, pardon my language, with this ties to the Giants crap. Listen, you know what I mean? and I, I think it's all fodder. I don't, I don't, Anthony, I think it's all fodder. It's just, it's just to bring up something as a topic to spark life to social media or the news. Listen, I have nothing against Garrett. I, I, I've spoken high, high praise for Jason Garrett for one reason. How many coaches in the league besides the, the ones we know have are 20, almost 20 games over 500? Jason Garrett's one of, one of five. That in the league, there are not good coaches in the NFL. There might be four elite coaches, and the rest are, eh, okay. Jason Garrett's ahead of that, uh, okay. So you could say what you want. And I know you don't like Jason Garrett because he, he, he's a Cowboys, and he's, he, he play, he's the coach of the Cowboys, and he has never won a Super Bowl. But again, he is taking the Cowboys with a team that has had, you know, the last two years they've been good. But before that, the team had so many weaknesses, so many weaknesses. Tony Romo being hurt. This, that, that, this. All these, you know, these injuries that he's had defensively over the years. And they still win. I mean, you could say a lot. Yes, right, they're in the does. NFC East. I know what you're going to say, Speedy. And I don't want to hear it from you. Because I know what you're going to go back and forth. Oh, what is he won? What is he this? No, what no, is no, he no. that? I'm not even going to say What are you going to say? Come on, come on I want to hear Collapses are a big deal, though, Collapses? Yeah. How many coaches? How about let's go let's go to Sean Payton. How many times have we seen Sean Payton collapse in the playoffs? How many times? No, I'm talking about the end of the season. I don't care. I'm talking about the playoffs. You play to make the playoffs. These teams that we talk about, all the good ones, we know they're making the playoffs. They collapse in the biggest game on the biggest stage. Okay? Jason Garrett, his record in the playoffs is three and four. Three and four. Is that a bad record in the seven games that he's played as a head coach in the NFL? With, with Tony Romo and Dak Prescott, a fourth-round draft pick? But That's you, not bad. Do you believe his success is predicated to a very good offensive line and a good running back? I think he had a lot to do with that offensive line and the structure of that offensive line all these years. I think he's a lot to do with it. That structure. Look at the offensive line now. Look at the offensive line well, now. they're aging. Yeah, they're aging, one. Two, they changed offensive guys. He's no longer making the plays. He's not calling the plays. Go watch the games. He doesn't have anything in his hand anymore. No, I know. It's the guy more. Yeah, it's more. The reason why their offense is playing like garbage right now is Jason Garrett is not calling the plays. And that's a fact. And, and Beav, I know you're listening to the show. Stop taking a shot at your coach because you want to know something? You're going to bring in another garbage coach that's going to set your team back another six years. Are you kidding me? Who's better than Jason Garrett that you're going to bring in? Who? Who's available right now? Adam Gase, if he becomes available? What about McCarthy? Are you kidding me? McCar- McCarthy's not going there. He is not no, going there. Asking. No, no. He's great. Think McCarthy's uh, yes, available. Yes, he's great. He's not going there. Is he better than Garrett? Oh, yes, he is. He's but he's not no, going no, there. No, you just said who's better than yeah, Garrett. Yeah, but he's not going there. I, we already know he's not going there. He's but, not going to uh, be. Rivera. What happened? Rivera from uh, Carolina. Ron Rivera? Juan Rivera's still going to be with Carolina. I don't think he's getting fired. Sure? Yeah. No, I, I, and, that's you, another team that's two years in a row has fallen apart. I'm sorry? Anthony, what you say? There's a lot of things he might get fired. I wouldn't. You know I man? wouldn't bring a defensive coordinator to this team. I wouldn't. Why their defense is horrible? I, I don't. You, you got to build around the defense. You're going to have all that money to spend. You could find a defensive right, coordinator. What? You could find a defensive coordinator. No, they need somebody like McCarthy to work with the quarterback. Th- that I think they need an offensive guy. I they, think they, they need, need the next quarterback McCarthy, whisperer. McCarthy's not going. Maybe there we'll either. get Adam Gase McCarthy, next year. McCarthy <laughs> is not going there either. McCarthy if is. McCarthy comes. If McCarthy comes, you got Gettleman's got to go. Yes. The only way McCarthy, the only way McCarthy is going to come, 
that one deal when people were talking, and I know it was a lot of rumor and a lot of back and forth and everything. He wanted more control. Exactly. Right. You know what I mean? That's why he can't go to the Cowboys. Well, the hot name is the guy no that didn't take it, the guy rule, that didn't take it from the Jets. He's, he, well, the, no, the Jets. You he know, didn't did, take it because yeah. he wanted to bring his own staff. Yes. Right. So that's another hot name that could come to Rule, the Giants. Rule, and, and that's a bad move for the Giants I, again. I, I, don't, I don't know. That's a bad move for the Giants. The Giants need to bring in. McCarthy. Uh, uh, well, they, they should bring in McCarthy, but McCarthy's, if you bring in McCarthy, he, want, he already has come out and said it. He wants his own uh, roster. He wants his. He wants practically be, to be the GM. He I wants to run that team. Would he would he back down a little bit on his demands because he didn't get a job that he thought he would be getting? No, because no. I think Atlanta's going to line up for him and give him yeah, whatever he's he have wants. A lot of teams. I think Atlanta up. will line up and give him whatever he wants. I, absolutely, because they have the offense that fits his his game. He's got a good offensive line there. He's got a quarterback and he's got weapons all over the field. And weapons that are. Very I think the Giants going to bring in Brian Kitchens. Oh, God. <laughs> Brian, Brian. Brian. I, I think the Giants need to bring in a coach. You know who I like who I think would fit the Giants, and he's quiet, and I think he would fit, and he comes from the Tony Dungy um, coaching staff? I like Caldwell. I think Caldwell. Oh, I forgot about him. I, I, I like Caldwell. That wouldn't be bad. I, I think Caldwell is a very good coach. He's won everywhere he went. You go look at his record in the Lions with the Lions. He's has he has a winning record with the Detroit Lions. Which the Detroit did not Lions have a lot of talent. No, that had no talent. The guy is an offensive guru. He won a Super Bowl as the offensive coordinator for the Ravens with Joe Flacco, and this guy won Super Bowls with Peyton Manning as the offensive coordinator. He's the next quarterback whisperer. No, I'm not saying he's a quarterback uh, whisperer, Mike. Anything, no, anything affiliated with Peyton Manning is a quarterback. Whisperer. I think I think Caldwell would be the perfect guy. For the Giants. He's quiet. He works very, very good with the press. Even when he was over there with the Baltimore Ravens and they were asking him questions, he answers questions to a T. He doesn't beat around the bush. And the guy is a knowledgeable guy, and he's been under Tony Dungy. I think Caldwell would be great for the New York Giants. The experience, his record, and, and who, he is, who he speaks for you know, states who he is as a person. I think, he's, I, I think he would be perfect for the New York Giants. If you ask me, that's the guy I would be gunning for. Uh, a veteran what about coach? the former coach of the Bengals? No. Marvin Lewis? Nope. Marvin Lewis. He's had a successful track record yes, with, a lousy, sure. with a lousy organization. Sure, but I think, I think the game's passed I'm just, I'm now, just, uh, I think a lot of those defensive and ball control type coaches are fading away out of the game. But here's the thing. You, you, you kind of need somebody to restructure this whole organization again. Because this whole organization is a mess. It's now, a mess. Now, the worst team in football. It's like, it's like I, I don't want to go off topic, but it's almost like, like the Islanders. The Islanders were a mess until they brought in Lou Lamarillo, and then he brought in Barry Trotz. When you start bringing in professionalism to clean up the mess, that's when you start going back in the right direction. I see where you're coming from with Marvin Lewis. That's the only way as, I'm looking at it. That's one end of it, but the problem is, again, one, I think his, his style of defense and his game plan, I think the game really passed him by. And two, I just think, again, with the him not being really on the downside when he was at the at the Spit Bengals. it out, Speedy. Let's go. The last three years of his of his coaching career, I, I don't really like that end of it, too. Now, Marvin Lewis, I actually think, could be a good GM somewhere because he actually is a good player developer, and that's oh, the one thing that's the Bengals. Good. The Bengals are the number one team in football in draft, draft picks that are still in the NFL. Right. Number one. They, they are very good at late-round draft picks. He's wacky with first-round picks, and he hasn't hit on many of those, but – Late round picks, he's very good at. That's why I think he would be a good GM somewhere. But as a head coach, I don't know. What do you think, Anthony? What do you think about the Caldwell take? Caldwell, I'll tell you right now. It, Caldwell, you know, a great coach. I think he got, you know, I think people cut, cut him loose as a head coach a little bit too quickly. Um, 
when he did have the opportunity. But no, he is he, he would be a decent choice. But he's, then again, he's I'm won everywhere went. Who's looking at? I'm a Giants fan who's looking at it from the standpoint of we got a head coach right now that's worse than Ray fucking Handley. <laughs> I mean, let's be real. So right now, I mean, shit, I take anybody. You know what I mean? Just yeah. with the chance because the thing about Schumer is Schumer had a, a bad situation with the Browns, but even when they gave him a shitload of picks with the Browns, he didn't do anything with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's one of those guys. He's a really good offensive coordinator, but when you give him other things besides just being a coordinator, he's going to fall to shit. Well, yeah, he's he, he, and it seems like he's much more of a product of the talent more than anything else. You know, Betcher. Betcher, unfortunately, I think people Direct product of the Betcher talent. Was, personally, Betcher was overrated from day one. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at some of the, the defensive players that he had when he was in Arizona, Correct. I mean, some of these guys are going to be Hall of Famers. You know, and then you're giving them a whole bunch of young people. Plus, not only that, the players you have for a 3-4 scheme don't think. Right. So these, when you need defensive linemen in a 3-4 scheme, you need guys to plug up and contain the holes because usually your outside linebackers are going to shoot in and contain. It's no different than any giant fan has seen when it comes to anybody who knows about LT and Carl Banks and that. If you remember the defensive ends that we had then, who would you have? Eric Howard, Leonard Marshall, Jim Bird, you know, um, Eric Dorsey. Those were the linemen that you had. Were these guys, you know, tremendous sack, you know, Sackmasters? No. They plugged everything up so then your linebackers go, go and contain. Your two middle, your two inside linebackers go back into pass coverage, mm-hmm. and then everybody else goes man to man. That's exactly what it was, and that's exactly the way it should have Well, that was back then, and then on the Coughlin ever, they went to a 4 3. Right. And then when they went to the 4 3, see, that's just it. We have linemen that would probably be better on a 4 3 than a 3 4. I could say the same about the Jets. I think the Jets should be a 4-3 defense, too. I think the Jets should be a 4-3 defense, too. If this was a 4-3 defense, okay, that's the whole thing. You have linebackers that have the mindset, or I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. You have a defense coordinator who put linebackers in a 3-4 mindset with linemen for a 4-3. That's what it is, and that's why there's no communication with that goddamn defense. It's also they're being misused as a result of that, too. Uh, the, guy that, the, the guy that especially has really digressed the most from what he was with the Rams was Ogletree because he's not a 3-4 linebacker. Well, that's why the Rams got rid of him. Right. He's a 4-3 linebacker zone coverage type run stop. What was that, Anthony? Uh, no, I personally, I'm one of those, but then again, I'm a defense guy. What the hell can I say? What goes all the way back to college. But then, I'm, I, I like the idea of a defense, a defensive-minded I don't think I don't right now with with the young quarterback and I know what you're going to say and I, I everybody's got their own opinion knowing that you have a young quarterback in Daniel Jones you need to bring in an offensive guy that's going to build him um, Caldwell built Flacco he helped build Peyton Manning he was a big part of uh, the growth of Peyton Manning um, he helped grow uh, who else did he he was um who else was the offensive coordinator for um he helped uh, Matthew Stafford at his best years. Matthew Stafford at his best years with Caldwell. Correct. So, yes, yes, Real quick on that, okay? Caldwell. Now, where's Caldwell right now? He's right now not, not coaching. He's right now sitting Beautiful. out for the season. So then, is it too hard? Let's say you bring in Marvin Tampa Lewis as a head coach. Andy. Do you think Caldwell would say no to an offensive? An offensive no, he wouldn't because I, I think he actually would team up, you know, with Lewis and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Because of the factor of, 
if it doesn't work out with Lewis, Caldwell's already in place to replace. Exactly. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. I agree completely. I don't I think it's going to happen. And in fact, you give him that title of assistant head coach, offensive coordinator, to give him some kind of just extra, you know, push to take the job. I think so Coldwell. I I, I think Coldwell wants to coach. That's why I don't think he's coaching right now. I think he, his plan is to coach. The Lions let go of him for no damn reason whatsoever. This guy every year. If you look at his record, I mean, the Lions had no talent. Like Speedy was saying, who did they have? Slay. They had. I mean, they had good receivers. Slay, and Matthew and Stafford, Stafford, Slay. And, that's a couple it. good pass rushers. They, had no, they have no talent whatsoever, and he had a winning record with the Lions. So this guy understands the offense. He understands the NFL style of offense. This guy has not, he's not set back. I mean, he hasn't been out of the game for more than a year. And this guy is going to be ready next year to get a, a head coaching job. He's the guy. If I were the Giants, I'm going to write a story about that. If, if the Giants want a, a guy that has experience, an offensive-minded coach, and is successful as a head coach, he's won two Super Bowls. Actually, three, because he was part of Tampa Bay Super Bowl, too, no, wasn't he? No, it wasn't. 2001. Oh, it wasn't. 2001, I think the year before. The All right, so he has two Super Bowls as, a def- uh, as an offensive coordinator. This guy knows how to win. This guy has won with teams that nobody thought was going to win. So... I, Cole will be my, would be my number one choice out of all the guys that everybody's talking about because, one, he can handle the New York market. Two, he's, he's been under uh, Hall of Fame coaches like Tony Dungy. And three, the guy knows how to win. And that's what the Giants need. They need a winning experience. They haven't had that. Do you know what the Giants' record is right now in their last 42 games? Ugh. 10 and 3. What, you're talking about this 2017? Yes. They're the worst record in football. Yeah, they're yeah, terrible. They're, they're ten and thirty-two, I believe. They're ten and thirty-two in the last forty-two games. And they've lost eight straight games. What are they on, on the verge of losing? Eight, nine, straight? nine straight games. I think they'll. I, I think they'll lose this week. I think they'll beat Washington. I think they're going to lose out the whole year. That yeah, would be they, a big. They could beat Washington. I think he's right. About I think they're going to nah, beat Washington. James, uh, um, Haskins. Yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne Haskins, Haskins actually looks good. Oh, give me. He's figuring it out. They've won two in That's a row now. Stud. Right? It's stud in Washington. Give He's figuring it out. Give me a break. They actually color-coded the playbook so we could learn it better. Thanks, Sam. Thanks. <laughs> Anthony, thank you for calling, buddy. <laughs> no problem, man. I'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thanks. It's crazy how important this decision is, though. I mean, you've got to get that right. You have, you have your quarterback. You need to pair him with the right head coach. So this is going to be a very interesting And this is what worries season. me about it, Sam Darnold, because even though he's still the youngest quarterback in football, it's crazy to say that after two years – I don't think Adam Gase is the guy that's going to leave. They should have brought in a Caldwell, a McCarthy. McCarthy, yeah. uh, a had, guy they like had McCarthy in the building. They had McCarthy like, there. Yeah, they they had you know they they had the right that guy. That was the right choice. The right guy to work with this kid and build this kid into a success story. And now he's going to be set back for another two years because by the time Adam Gase, he's still fairly very young, but he's going to be killed. I mean, they're killing him. They're killing him. He's getting torched. Well, hopefully, Douglas starts to uh, to well, put he's some good capital with, into uh, he's good the friends. With, line. Here's the problem: he he's very good friends with Adam Gase, Joe Douglas. Very good friends. So you know Adam well, yeah, Gase, Gase is got not him the job. Yes, Adam. Well, I, I think Adam Gase was a big part of him getting the job. I think Joe Douglas is a smart man, and all he's got to show is his three his, his three Super Bowl rings. And you ask any one of those. One of those organizations he's worked for, they tell you that he was one of the masterminds of building those teams. So knowing that he was the hot commodity this coming off season, not this past off season, the coming off season, he was the hot topic GM that everybody wanted. The Jets made sure that they were going to gobble him up before the season started this year. 
and he gave him six years. Six years. They yes. gave him a lot longer than they gave Adam Gase because he already said it's going to take at least three years to build it the way he wants to build it. And it, it's going to take – and he's going to build around the offensive line. That's what he's going to do. That's what he did with the Eagles. That's what he did with the Baltimore Ravens. Look at all the mm-hmm. – ask anybody that knows anything about – the Ravens in their runs over the years. Doesn't that worry you a little bit, though? Because the, the, the most valuable thing that you could have as an organization is a very talented quarterback on the cheap. And if, if it's going to take that long, then... Well, we know. And it's going it's to be... You've got to draft good. And yeah. this is what he's good at. They said this well, about him. So. Well, that's what they've said. This guy is as good at, at finding talent as anybody right now in football. So that's what they said about him. They've spoke, not, and I'm not talking about people that people away from the organization. I mean, Patriots organization, Chiefs organization. They speak very, very highly of this guy that he is. Uh, uh, he understands how to draft and what to look for in a draft. And he brought a lot of people from Baltimore Ravens, and he brought a lot of guys. We have another caller. Mm-hmm. All right, who do we have? Uh, welcome to Town Who are we speaking to? Who's the worst organization, the Jets or the Giants? Well, right now, if you were to ask me, it's the Jets because the Giants have won four Super Bowls. I mean, they embarrassed themselves. About right now? How, do you, how do you lose to the Bengals? Well, that's, that's a good question. How, how did they lose against the Miami Dolphins a couple of weeks before that? I mean, we, we've seen this. Well, Miami's coming on. What they did yesterday against Philly was pretty impressive. And I get it. They're a bad team. You don't want to give them any credit. But they, what they did yesterday was impressive. No, and I, I think Miami's playing good football, but here's the thing. After two is hurt, they know he's not going one. He's probably not going two. He's probably going to four to ten, four to ten. They're right, gonna, they'll probably take him with the Steelers. They, they, they're they're going to get him. They're going to get who they want. So they're, now they're trying to prove that they can win games, and they're proving it right now. They're not as bad as people thought they were. And Ryan Fitzpatrick, say what you want about him, the guy knows how to win. He knows how to win. And that's, that's the facts. And who's the worst organization right now? Right now, the Giants are in a worse situation than the Jets are. But, again, if you were to ask me who's, the worst situa- who's, who's been a worse, worser organization, the Jets or the Giants, it's the Jets. They've been, they haven't won anything. But the thing is, traditionally, you know, not to take shots at anyone's team, but traditionally, the Giants are the team that, you know, it's easier to go to the Giants as a free agent. Like, free agents really aren't choosing the Jets historically. Like historically, right? They free agents go to the Giants, so the Giants can probably still rebuild faster than the Jets. Well, that's not true because C.J. Mosley, the best linebacker available this offseason, he went to the Jets. Le'Veon Bell, right. he went to did the, the Jets. Giants ever, did the Giants ever have a linebacker sign with them and then the next day change his mind and go, "Nah, Minnesota seems better." If you really want me to go back, if you really want me to go back, I'm sure I could find a player that has decided that he did not want to sign with the Giants. Okay, I, I don't know personally, but we know that. Obviously, bar, the whole bar situation happened, but maybe he didn't want to play in New York. Maybe it wasn't. I, even if it was the Giants, I still think he would have went back to Minnesota. That's what, what I a think. Wise decision, though. Minnesota's way eight and three or eight and three. They played the tonight. Jets yeah. are an abomination. Well, they're not good right now. Uh, obviously, we could see that, and hopefully, uh, Joe Douglas could figure that out in the draft finally, and we find a guy that can actually draft some, some, somewhat sufficient in the later rounds to give the Jets some draft stock. That's been the problem for the Jets over the last couple of years. And it's I, been the problems with the Giants. I like, on, I like to shit on the Jets, but it's probably better that they lost to Cincinnati, no? I think so. Like, it's embarrassing. It, it's embarrassing in the interim, right? Like, in the short term, like, it's embarrassing. 
But isn't that the play? Lose and get a better draft pick now? I would think so. I, I, I yeah, don't want to. But see- also, Jeff, I mean, you also want to see, regardless of their injuries, growth even, of the quarterback. Besides growth of the quarterback, but even improvement on players that could step up as depth guys that you didn't think of because you didn't think they were going to get the playing time. I, so Mike, the, Mike the, I, will, I, will, I will correct you on this. I don't think you're going to see half these players. I would no, say no, I know that, out of 56 players right now on this roster, you might see five or six of them on this team next year. That's how complete transition this is going to be. You know, you know what you're getting in Chris Herndon. You know what you're getting in Sam Darnold for the most part. Yes. Why aren't they just playing second and third stringers to try to get a, a better evaluation of where those guys are? Maybe there is a diamond in the rough on that roster that they might want to keep around. Because I think Adam Gase believes that his job is in jeopardy. I really do believe it. I Dude, still he, think he, he's been gone now for weeks. So I, I know. I, I really think. I really think that if he doesn't find a way to win any of these games. If they lose against Miami again, are you kidding me? If they lose against Miami and just lost against the Bengals, no, they better not. If that, if that happens, Adam Gase is definitely on the hot seat. I don't know how you can keep it. I don't care how good Miami's playing. You can he honestly tell fired. me. He was fired the minute he had that crazy eyes press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's, it's – it, it, I, I do want to go through – the game, so Jeff, you can add you on because we got to finish up. Totally overwhelmed from that moment on. Like you don't think the minute he was introduced as the, as the coach, he was just completely overwhelmed the entire time. No, I just I, I think the right now he's lost. I don't think he knows how to use Le'Veon Bell, and and Jamison Crowder when he does use him, he uses him in the wrong. Well, he never but, wanted Le'Veon Bell. I, I don't believe that. I, I think he didn't want to pay Le'Veon Bell what he got paid. Yeah. I think he, would, he loves Le'Veon Bell for what he can he do on the that, field. He did that in Miami. But he doesn't right? know how to use he, them. He shipped the running backs out in Miami. Too. Yeah, well, the, the, oh, the running backs in Yeah. He, right. And J.H.I. wasn't a, a well-rounded back. He was a power back. And he also misused Kenyon Drake last year in the second yes. half of the season. So he didn't know what he was doing with Kenyon Drake last year. And Kenyon Drake is now playing for Arizona, and, and they're not using him right either. But uh, before, before – because we have 15 minutes left, Jeff. You could stay on the phone. Let's go through the games quickly, Speedy. Go ahead. All right, I, I want to go to these games quickly because a lot of the games really had no meaning to me. Uh, obviously, Minnesota and Seattle tonight is going to be a fun game to watch. This is going to be this to me is the game of the week. A lot on the line. A lot on the line for both teams, especially Seattle, who have, could have home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Pittsburgh came, and I, I thought Cleveland had this game, and I thought that Cleveland was the better team, and they were playing really, really good in the first half. I don't know what a third-string quarterback has anything. How they come back and win this game, a third-string quarterback you never even heard of, okay? You never even heard of. And Cleveland, they're done. They're done, and Freddie Kitchens is done. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sorry, as much as everybody thinks Baker Mayfield is the, the answer to this organization, I wouldn't be so surprised if Cleveland looks towards the later rounds and drafts a quarterback. Because I think Baker Mayfield has proven to me this year with the talent that he has that he can't produce. Look at the running back core that he has. Look at the wide receivers he has. Look at the tight ends he has. He still can't produce. That's a problem. And teams understand who he is. Cleveland is a debacle. Uh, We talked about the Giants. Philadelphia and Miami, it's incredible what Miami did yesterday. Coming back in that game, and the way they played in the second half of the game was incredible. And by the way, they were running all over Philadelphia in the second half of the game. Absolutely running up. And, and, and no-name running backs you never even heard of. Right. Okay, so uh, I was very impressed with Miami. Very surprised win over 
the Eagles. And Eagles right now, Carson Wentz. I don't even know if Carson Wentz is, is – the Eagles might not have the quarterback of the future in Carson Wentz. They might be looking for a quarterback in the later rounds in this year's draft as well. Uh, Tampa and Jacksonville. Tampa, week in and week out, you see Bruce Arians. This is why Bruce Arians is one of the best coaches in the NFL. This is why he wanted to come back. And Jameis Winston, who's terrible, and he's not the quarterback of the future of this team, and they will draft a quarterback in the first round this year. I believe that. Either first or second, I think. I believe they will. They completely outplayed a very good defense. They completely... uh, The second week in a row, Jacksonville's defense did not show up. And you say what you want about Josh Allen and the way he can get to the quarterback. In the last couple of weeks, he hasn't really looked as good as he has in the the first three or four weeks that he, he did start the season. He's completely taken a step back. Tampa's defense looks really good, too. And Tampa's defense, their front seven. By the way, Todd Bowles, who could be the next coach of the Washington Redskins. I will laugh when that happens. I, I, their defense, you see that he's a good defensive coordinator. Maybe he, maybe he belongs as, uh, maybe gets another uh, opportunity to be a head coach. Tennessee and Indianapolis. Tennessee has been impressing me week in and week out. And Derrick Henry, sorry, uh-huh. he's explosive, Beast. man. He's been beasting and feeding on defenses for the last couple of weeks. And he feasted on a very decent defense, one healthy, in the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts are done. They're done. They're not making the playoffs. They lost a lot of the magic they had in the beginning of the season when they were trying to prove everybody wrong. And now it's gone. I think they were 5-2 and two at that point, and now they're 6-6. Six and six. Washington, Carolina, there is no reason why Carolina lost this game. No reason. They lost against one of the worst teams, one of the worst offenses in the NFL. Horrendous. And Dwayne Haskins is not a good quarterback. Sorry, he's not. And even though he's played better the last two weeks, like you said, Mike, this team has a lot of weaknesses. And Carolina, the explosiveness that they have with Christian McCaffrey, who didn't really have as as an explosive game as we've seen week in and week out. He barely had over 100 scrimmage yards. So uh, this is, to me, Carolina could be done too. Oh, San yeah, Fr- they are. They're, they're done. They're too far back in the NFC now. Carolina, Carolina, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, San Francisco and Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson, a decent game, not a great game. But this defense, this Baltimore defense in the second half of the game, completely shut down a San Francisco offense. Com- I don't want to hear about the weather, how cold it was. You're a professional team. You go into a team's uh, home home area and you beat them. And you couldn't, you couldn't do that. San Francisco talked a lot of crap before the game. And I'm sure they're going home and they flew, flew home with their mouth closed because Baltimore is the real deal. They keep for the Ravens. They had a great game plan against Kittle, too, which I thought could be a weakness for them. L.A. Rams, I'll tell you this. They played a bad, a bad Arizona team, but they completely shut down Kyler Murray, which was very impressive. L.A. is still still in the hunt, but I think they're done, too. I think they, they fell too back, especially in the division that they're in with San Francisco and Seattle. I just think they're, they're chasing. And I think Sean McVay... Next year might be in trouble for his job if they don't produce and make the playoffs next year. Sounds uh, like you got a lot of coaches on the hot seat. Oh, absolutely. I think the GM would still go first before him. And I'll tell you this. The, I don't know what happened to the Chargers this year. I don't know what team in football. I don't know what happened to them. This is a team that a lot of people expected to be a playoff contender, a championship competitive team, especially me, who I thought they were going to be a championship competitive team this year. They fall off. Denver beat them. They came back yesterday. How they came back in that game was remarkable. And, and, and to me, it to me it just shows you how bad the Chargers are defensively this year. Just Their secondary is terrible. Mistakes too. You get and so I, even with Darren James back and King, this is two guys their that de- all pro Their defense players. is really bad. Casey Hayward looked really bad in that game, too. 
and all the penalties at the end of the yeah, game. Questionable too. pass interference call. At the mm, end. That was pass interference. I know. Oakland, Kansas City. Uh, Oakland got embarrassed. Absolutely embarrassed by Kansas City. Two weeks in a row. Uh, it's, I don't know what's going on with Oakland, but they're not scoring touchdowns, and they're not getting in the end zone. It's a huge problem that, obviously, uh, this team and this organization is going to have to figure out in the offseason because they have no wide receiving core. None. they got two good tight ends, and that's it. they got a great running back, too, and Jacobs, who, who ran the ball very, very well yesterday. He, that was about all they did yesterday is run the ball well. Right, and they couldn't really do that when they were down 31-0. Yeah. Right. Chicago and Detroit. Listen, I, I don't really want to get into what happened over, over Thanksgiving because the games were boring, but that was the best game of Thanksgiving with Chicago and Detroit. No way. I that thought it was. The best game is easily Dallas losing. That's the best thing that's ever happened. You should have saw the beef's face. I knew I knew Buffalo was going to win that game. Jeff, you must have loved the Cole Beasley revenge game. Dude, it's one of those things where this, like, dude, I love when that kid has to get humbled because he thinks his team is so good. They haven't beat a team with a winning record. He sucks. They suck. <laughs> the fan base sucks. Dude, that one star, I, I finally figured out what the Dallas Cowboys logo is. That lone star, it's not a logo, it's a rating. They're one star. <laughs> Jeff's take. How about Atlanta recovering those onside kicks? That was pretty wild. That was impressive. Yeah. Right? They almost won. Almost. But they're getting a loss. And Drew Brees does, looks a shell of himself, too. I think he's done, too. This is his last time you're going to see Drew Brees. Yeah. If they don't win a Super Bowl this year, they're done. He's done. He's done. Turn it over to Bridgewater? No, I don't know. I think they draft a quarterback. I think Bridgewater will be the starter next year. I think they could draft uh, draft a project-type quarterback in the first round or second round. Like, I don't think they're going to draft They're not drafting they a project quarterback in the first round. You could argue that they looked better with Bridgewater this year. Ever since Drew Brees has gotten hurt and he's got that surgery, he's not the same quarterback. And no. I think Drew Brees is done. I think he should have. This year, if they don't he win this year, they never more, win. Yeah, he wants one more go at it. Yeah, plus the the way that that game ended or that season ended last year, you're not ending yeah. on that. And those are our picks, and those were the games we went through them. Jeff, do you have anything to say before we let you go? No, buddy. I don't know how you people live like this. It's awful up here. I don't know. I don't know how you guys do it like year in and year out. This is this is miserable. This is absolutely miserable. <laughs> you, you people are savages for living like this. Well, thank you, Jeff. Jeff is actually in Rhode Island right now. He's uh, he's out here for a couple of weeks. Uh, Dude, it snowed yesterday. Oh, it's snowing tonight. We're gonna we're and, gonna get you know between three and six. Yeah, and tonight, right? It snowed yesterday, and then it turned to rain. Now, dude, it's like thirty six degrees, raining sideways, windy. Do you people are savages? How do you live like this? <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Babe, you suck if you're listening to this, you little muggle. You're terrible, and your team is awful. Hashtag ban the beef. <laughs> Thanks, Jeff. Jeff from Tampa. Before we go, I want to get into this whole... I, I know I got a lot of remarks on this report, this rumor that I, I spread out the, over the weekend. Dan actually sent it to Pro Sports Daily, and it's uh, a lot of hits on, on social media about my, um, my impressions of who I think is the next head coach uh, of the New York Knicks. And, and I'll tell you why I think Tom Thibodeau is the perfect guy and the guy that I believe... Mills is going to pick. And if you read the article, it states everything on my thoughts on why I think Tom Thibodeau fits the New York Knicks culture. The guy is a, is a no-bullcrap type of head coach. He preaches defense. This team has not played defense in 25 years. 25 years. He preaches defense. 
That's what he does. That's something that the Knicks have been craving for since Jeff Van Gundy. Jeff Van Gundy. And don't tell me Mike Woodson, because Mike Woodson, even though he's a defensive type of guy, he, he, he couldn't preach it because all the players, J.R. Smith <laughs> and Carmelo Anthony on the team, that didn't want to play defense. Yeah, their defense maybe went from 28th to 25th. Well, they had that, that one really good season. But, but not defensively. Not they defensively. They were an offensive team. They were an offensive-minded team. I didn't even mind Mike Woodson as a head coach, but he wasn't a defensive juggernaut. <laughs> but yeah. if you know the story, Tom Thibodeau, Thibodeau was the number one guy for Steve Mills. He was the guy that Steve Mills wanted. When they interviewed all the coaches, they interviewed five coaches. Tom Thibodeau was one of the coaches that were interviewed. Tom Thibodeau's dream job is the New York Knicks. He grew up on the coaching staff of Jeff Van Gundy. He was the, he was the defensive guy. The def- I guess you could call him the defensive coordinator of those Knicks teams in the, ni- the late 90s. And this is a guy that's been, he's from New York. He craves New York culture, and he's always wanted this job. The only reason why he didn't get that job uh, when Phil Jackson was in, in office, it was because he didn't, he didn't want to teach and he didn't want to uh, train and, and, and push his offense to play the triangle offense when he's a defensive-minded coach. And I think that's why he didn't get the job, and that's why they brought in Jeff Hornacek. And Jeff Hornacek ruined this organization because he pushed away KP. He didn't work very well with the young players. He was playing veteran players that didn't fit the culture of the New York Knicks and where this organization was heading. I think Tom Thibodeau is the perfect guy. Now, you're going to say, well, what did he do with Minnesota? He made a bad move. He brought Jimmy Butler in because he thought Jimmy Butler knows his offense, he knows his defense, and he would rub off on the young players like a Carl Anthony Towns or an Anthony Wiggins. He was wrong. He traded away a huge amount of draft stock, a, a, a lot of player, young players, they gave up Adam Levine, who's a very good, young, talented player. Not Adam Levine. Zach Levine. No. Zach Levine on, um, on Chicago now, who's a very good, young player. And they, they gave up draft stock, who Mark, uh, Markinen yep. was one of them. Mm-hmm. Part of that. Markinen's turning into a great player. Uh, they gave up a lot for Jimmy Butler. And that affected, you know, three years into his, his contract as a GM slash coach, it affected him and had to be, he had to be fired because of that one move. That affected that team. And then when he had to trade Jimmy Butler to the 76ers, that was it. That was, that was, all, that was all she wrote. That was murder she wrote because that, that was it for him because Jimmy Butler was the guy that he wanted on this team and he didn't fit. Then he brought in Derrick Rose. He didn't fit. He brought in Taj Gibson, too. He was there, too. He didn't fit. So he made some mistakes bringing in these ex-Bulls, and they didn't, didn't fit the players, the young players that he had right now, you know, on the team, on, uh, you know, the young players like Anthony Towns and, and the, the Wiggins of the world. So is this a move you think they would make this season or, or wait till the, the offseason? Tom Thibodeau will not be the coach. If they fire David Fisdell before the All-Star break, which I believe they will, uh, they will bring in one of their defensive guys or one of the guys that are on the bench right now, run the team, because they're not winning anything this year. They're going to be amongst the league's top three worst teams in the league, if not the worst team in the league, and they're going to have a chance to get a top three, top four pick this year and build like they did with R.J. Barrett. But Tom Thibodeau will not take a job in the middle of the season. If you, anybody knows Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau would never eat. When, when the Knicks, you know, over the, the, and Tom Thibodeau has been in the Mark 
for the Knicks job for years. For years. It's not Mark Jackson. So anybody that thinks Mills is going to pick Mark Jackson and Scott Perry is going to pick Mark Jackson, Scott Perry knows Mark Jackson very, very well. He's not bringing in Mark Jackson. If, if the Knicks organization was smart, which that, has to, that remains to be seen, Tom Thibodeau is the perfect guy for the job. He's a defensive-minded coach that wants to be here and wants to build. And the guy knows how to win. Has he won a championship as head coach? No. But he's taken Chicago Bulls teams that had no business being in the championship game and have taken them to the championship game against LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and players of that magnitude, which were very hard to beat. So he had Derrick Rose play defense. He transitioned Jimmy Butler from a defensive player to an offensive player. Jimmy Butler transitioned his game because of Tom Thibodeau. Now, do I think he can help R.J. Barrett? Absolutely. I think R.J. Barrett needs a guy like Tom Thibodeau, a coach, an understanding on how to coach young players. Now, everybody's going to say, well, what did he do with, what did he do with the Minnesota, uh, Minnesota Timberwolves? He had some of the best young players in the league. Here's the problem. He had two players that didn't like his style of game, his defensive-minded game. With the young players that the Knicks have, and they're practically one of the youngest teams in the, NF- uh, in the NBA right now, if not the youngest team in the NBA right now, he can help Dennis Smith Jr. He can help Nilakina figure out how to, ju- how to draw a jump shot. I think that he would be the perfect guy. And if you're not going to bring him... Bring Jeff Van Gundy back. He's been, he's been interviewing for jobs in the, last couple of, in the last couple of years. Bring back a guy that knows how to win in New York. Stop bringing these no-name guys or these guys haven't won anywhere they've gone. Bring in a guy that's won here or understands what it is to win in New York. The, the, the superstar, the superstardom. Now, I'm not saying Tom Thibodeau's going to bring in a superstar. I don't think he's that type of guy. But what he can do is he can drive the needle. Have players want to come and play over here in New York because he's going to preach one thing, the one thing that the Knicks have not done in almost 25 years, and that's play defense. And that's been the problems with the Knicks organization, and that's the problem with the Knicks right now. They score enough points. 114 points, 113, 112. You can win with those many points. You're not playing defense. Team defense. David Fisdale, who came to this team, to this organization, to preach defense to these young players, has not taught anything. It's been the problem for this organization for years. Jeff Hornacek, Derek Fisher, Mike Woodson. Go up and down the ladder. The crap that we've had coach this team. They need to bring in a Brad Stevens type of guy. They need to bring in a... A guy that preaches defense first before offense. Team defense wins championships. That's why I think and I believe in every spec of what I've heard through the New York Knicks and and some of the feeds that Tom Thibodeau will be one of the lead guys to get this job. Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to get the job because there's David Blatt, who's a very good friend of Steve Steve Mills, who's also a good... Uh, offensive mind, defensive guy. He's, he, 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 he understands he was wrongly treated in Cleveland by LeBron James. I think he'll have a chance to get this job as well. But David Fisdell has ruled out his welcome with the New York Knicks organization. And I think he's on his way out. And I believe he will be fired 
before the All-Star break. Because if the Knicks have to keep this crap going on, they have not won a game. How many games have they lost in a row? I, I, they haven't won a game in like six, seven games. And they got a really tough stretch coming They're up. scheduled. They, I, I mean, where are they going to win a game? Tonight. Yeah, they're going to beat Milwaukee tonight. Nah, they're not beating Milwaukee. <laughs> is Dallas coming up any No, Dallas no, is done. done. <laughs> they beat them both times. Yeah. You only by play, the way. You only play Western. By the way, Speedy, you, you better check back who, who the best player in the league, who, who's a better young player right now in the league, Doncic or the Greek freak, because I don't know about you, but if you saw what Luka Doncic did to LeBron James over the weekends, uh, that's saying a tremendous a lot about what this kid is. I think he had 41 points, uh, 11 rebounds, and 9 assists uh, against the Lakers. A very good defensive stout team. Lakers are still the, the best team in the, the conference, though. Yes. Yeah. No, no, I'm not saying that he's not. No, I, I, I don't think he was implying that Dallas no. is the best team. No, I'm I, saying that Luka Doncic. I think Luka Doncic is the best player in the league right now. My counter to that I think he would is. be the effect that LeBron is having on his team winning as opposed to just Luka being an outstanding player, an, off, an outstanding offensive player. I think that well, Dallas is winning. Yeah, Dallas is winning, yeah. No, well, yes, of course. I think they they're 17-11 or something, 16 yeah, I think they're fourth in the West. Or something. But who's been winning more? Well, the Lakers. Well, who has a better team? Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know about that because I, I still question the Lakers. I, I like Anthony Davis. It's going to fade. It's all going to question. I question their, their, their talent their on the bench. Team, yeah. Their talent on the bench. I, their front five is all right. You can compete with that with Dwight Howard. And, but what happens if these guys get into foul trouble? What are they going to do then? Who are you going to bring off the bench? Who do you trust off the bench? Javon that's going to give you the points and the the play that you're going to need to win and beat the Clippers or, or beat the Dallas Mavericks. Because I'll tell you this right now. They if Doncic, the if the Don, if Doncic plays like he did and he's, he's getting better and better as the year goes by, I, I, I think that a lot of teams are going to have problems beating them. Because you're getting 20, 22 points from KP and you're getting 30, 31, 32 points from him. That's 50 points. That's half your team's points. You're going to have a chance to win every single time if you do that. Could that get predictable though against better teams though is the question. We'll see. They That's just beat I the think, Lakers. Yeah, I'd love to see them no, in a, no, a seven game no, series. No, it's definitely impressive again. Doncic just winning the way Doncic abused is, LeBron James. The way they're he winning abused LeBron the way they're winning right now is definitely impressive. But again, they're still a team that has mostly young depth and a lot of project players. That's still fine. Lot, and still a lot of you got contracts. a superstar player. You got a superstar player that can win games for you. Sure. And he can win games for you. He's been incredible. He's the to me right now in the NBA. He is the best player in the NBA. I, I'm sorry you take back anything I said about Kawhi or LeBron. This guy is the best player in the NBA. Hands down. Right now, there's nobody even close to him. Nobody. I've watched him enough this year. I watched him even against the Knicks. He torched the Knicks, and the Knicks still beat him. Okay? He's torched every single team he's played against. Torched him. He played against a good defensive team like the Lakers and scored 40 against LeBron James. LeBron James was defending him. Then, I, I mean, they kept trying to maneuver. They had Anthony Davis at one point defending him. They couldn't stop him. I mean, you can't expect the Lakers to win every game, though. No, but I can't expect that. If you, you can't beat a Dallas Maverick team that has a lack of talent on the bench, right. that's a problem. That's a problem. And, and Donjic scoring 40 11 and 9 in a game where the Lakers are one of the best defensive teams in the league. I'm sorry. That speaks high volume for who he is as a player. He's an outstanding player. Oh, There's he's, no doubt he's, about he's, it. He's but. the best. He is the best player in the NBA. The 
best player in the NBA. I think it's going to be fascinating to monitor over the course of the year. I want to see, I want to see how they finish. And he's the MVP where, this year. Where do they he's going to win the MVP, MVP this year. Wow. He's going to win the MVP this year. Guarantee it. So I wish they would separate. Like I wish they would have the MVP and then like a most outstanding player award. Because well, if, it, if it's the most they're... outstanding player, LeBron James should win it every year. Because LeBron James, what he does well, to a team he, is he's better. He's most valuable uh, to, a, to a team. So he should be the most valuable player, but he's, he's not going to Whereas gonna like Luka would be the most outstanding. Yeah. Well, you see what I'm saying? I think there is a, a award for most outstanding player. Well, I think there's one for most improved. Yeah. Because it's, it's a shame because, I mean, when, when you say, what is most valuable player? I don't, I don't know. I, I think LeBron James is the most valuable player to his team. I, I mean, honestly, honest to God, if LeBron James right. is not on that team, they don't win. Right. I don't think they win more than 25 games. Right. Uh, Le- LeBron James makes that team that much better. And to me, LeBron James is the most valuable player in the league. But the best player in the league right now, all around, is Luka Doncic. It's, it's not even a – there is no argument about the Greek freak anymore. I don't want to hear about the Greek freak anymore because the Greek freak doesn't even touch this guy right now. This guy is a second-year player, a second-year player doing this. He was rookie of the year last year. He's going to win the MVP this year. I mean – Again, my argument to that would be sim- a similar argument because of the impact that the Greek freak has on his team winning. Like they're they're he's valuable in, the, in he, they're way, in, but they're not. They're as, in they're the Eastern. They're too. in the Eastern Conference, and you're going to win the in the Eastern, Eastern Conference. Is not as bad. Oh, as, it's terrible. It's the teams at the bad. top. It's are horrendous. Not bad. Right, it's top three, heavy. Three, it's three top teams. Heavy. Let me get. The, you think Toronto would have as many wins right now if he were playing in the West? If Toronto was in if the Toronto West? was in the, the West four right now, do you think they would be fifteen and four right now in the West? Well, who are you taking out? I'm just saying. Uh, do you think right now, if you just slipped them right now in the West, do you think they'd be fifteen and four? They wouldn't be fifteen and four, but I, I mean, they'd be five hundred. I don't. I don't. Know. They wouldn't even I be mean, that. I don't even think they'd be that. That's a well-coached team. That, that yes, they they don't have Kawhi, but they still have the rest of a the rookie roster, coach. It's only been there for two years. This is his second year. Just coming off of uh, the NBA Finals. They came up the NBA Finals because they had a guy named Kawhi Leonard that practically believed that there was no way he was losing that series after Kevin, Dur- Kevin, Kevin Durant got hurt. After all the injuries, right, exactly. He knew he was going to win. And he would, do, he would put that team on his shoulder to win because he knew he was leaving and he wanted to make sure that he gave those fans something to, to, to be happy about for the next 10, 15 years because they're not winning anything for the next 10, 15 years. I think Siakam is going to pick up a little bit of the slack that, that – He's played well, but he's not Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> he's not Kawhi Leonard, but I, don't, I mean, look, the team kind of picked up where they left off last year. We'll see. Teams are playing down to them right now, too. I think that's a factor. We'll out. see. I don't know if you'll see that throughout the they're not. Year. They're not even a 500 team if they were in the West. And the Celtics are a barely a 500 team if they're in the West. All those teams, even Philadelphia, they're barely a 500 <laughs> team in the West. I mean, they, none of those teams. None, whoever comes out of the West is winning the whole thing. Anybody that thinks, unless some kind of crazy thing happens with the Celtics, no, the Celtics make this crazy trade where they could get a superstar, superstar player that wants out, like a Damian Lillard or whoever, a McCollum to play on beside, um, um, what's his name again? Um, Kemba. Kemba Walker. Or you bring in a big man that can friggin' dominate in the middle uh, for the Celtics. That's the only way the Celtics are going to be able to compete against these teams. Or Milwaukee. Milwaukee is not good enough. The bench. I'm sorry. Their, their bench depth is good. Oh, though. in the playoffs, they looked terrible. They looked horrendous in the playoffs no, they, last year. No, they struggled down the stretch. Oh, they looked horrendous in the playoffs last year. Against, and let's be honest, against a Toronto defense that was uh, okay. Okay. The way they, they, they kept the Greek freak from the perimeter, it couldn't shoot. 
he, he couldn't get to the hole, so he had to shoot the perimeter. Couldn't hit a lick. Couldn't score. I think he averaged 17 points in that series. Yeah, he did well the first game, and I think that was that. Because they figured him out. Right. All I'm saying is there's potential for them to, to add somebody and, and become a threat. In well, the they, they are. They, and then they did that last year to add really good depth with Ilya Silva. With, well, good uh, luck Brooke, on that because I don't Lopez, think there's – Lopez played really well for them in the playoffs. I don't think there's any Corver, superstars. No, it's not going to be superstars. It's going to be uh, depth role players. And that's not going to win a championship for you. And that's not going to come out of the East for you. I, I, I think the East is terrible. It's horrendous. Somebody's got to come out of them. And you want to, well, they could come out. And, and even it's with the, gonna be hard for and them even to with the Nets, when they the get Durant back next year in, in Kyrie Irving, they're going to stink too. Because I, I, don't, I don't think they have enough depth. They better add another superstar or a great player to play beside them next, well, in the next in the offseason. Because if the they Nets don't. They're getting some of the draft picks, though, at least, too, now. Because remember, they have to draft with all second round picks. They're going to be drafting. They're going to be drafting in the mid teens. You're not getting. Right, not, but anything is better than what they had to deal with when Billy King traded all those first round picks away. <laughs> I, it's, I don't know. And before we go, because I have to go, because I was supposed to be gone already, I do want to get into this whole Marte Met thing. And I will tell you guys this. If the Mets think they're going to win this year, I make the move. If they think that this team, they're going to add bullpen help, they need it, and they think that they're going to bring back Wheeler, only if they bring back Wheeler. If they do that, I make the trade for Marte. If they don't bring back Wheeler, and they don't bring back the bullpen help, at least two players from from. Available bullpen. And there's a lot of bullpen arms that are going to be available this offseason. They do not make this move because they're not going to win. Even with Cespedes and even a good, maybe Robinson Cespedes. Cano healthy, healthy this year. And their young superstar first baseman. And what these players produced in the, you know, throughout this season this year. The development of some of the McNeil and the Panda Bear. Or the Polar, Polar Bear, Bear, whatever he calls himself. I mean... If they, don't bring, if they don't bring back Wheeler and they don't bring back at least two relief pitchers to this bullpen, you do not make that trade for Marte because that's not going to put you over the hump. You bring back Wheeler and, and two bullpens and Marte, you're, you're right in business. You have a chance because you got the power in the lineup. Cespin is coming back. Robinson Cano is not going to have as bad a season as he had last year. I don't believe that. I don't think so. I think Robinson Cano was hurt. And I think he'll come back this year, and I think he'll be a lot better. I don't think he, I'll hit 17, 18 home runs. He's not going to hit 30 home runs, no. but he's going to give you 17, 18 home runs. He's going to give you close to 300. I, I still think Robinson Cano can hit in this league. I, I still think he can hit. He can hit. It's just a question of whether or not he can stay on the field. That's, that's right. the question. Right. But if you bring Cessidus back and you bring Marte and you have the pitcher, you bring Wheeler back and the two bullpen, you have a chance to win the whole thing. You have the chance because you have the pitching staff. You got the lineup now. You added Marte in the middle of that lineup, which is a deadly lineup as it is with, with the, the Polar Bear and, and McNeil. And then you have Cespedes coming back. You have Robinson Cano. Then you put Marte in the middle of that lineup. That's a scary lineup. And as Washington proved, you just got to get in. And if you have a good enough pitching staff, uh, you, you know, you can You'll you be can Washington. Roll, you can... You'll be Washington. You'll be Philadelphia. You bring in the. You bring in. You bring Wheeler back, Marte, and two bullpen uh, arms in that line. Because I think Diaz is going to have a much better season this year. A much better season. I do not believe the Diaz that you saw this past year is the Diaz. I think he get much worse. No, I think he's, I, I think he's, I think he's a stud. I think and, and, and any Met fan that wanted to trade him at the trade deadline is a moron. Is an absolute moron. You do not give up the prospects 
your one of your top three prospects and expect to say, you know what, he had a bad season, so we're gonna we're just gonna get rid of him at the trade deadline and get nothing yeah, back. You for wouldn't him. get anything for him anyway. That's the most ridiculous move for the Mets. And and Brody Van Wagen is not that stupid. I mean, he's stupid, but he's not that dumb. So I think Diaz will have a better season this year. I think they need to add bullpen arms. Mm-hmm. And they need to get on, on, on the list. There's, there's about seven or eight good ones that are going to be available. The Yankees are already talking about not bringing potentials. They're, tra- they're talking about bringing in, what's his name again? Blake Trinan. Yep. Trinan, who is a power arm in that pitching staff. And... You don't bring back Batances. You, you bring in another power arm in that, in that pitching staff. Could, versatile, could, too. Versatile, could probably be a closer in the future. Because Chapman is going to stay. The Yankees aren't, you know, extending his contract. He's going he's gonna to opt into the contract because nobody's going to give him. No, he got an extension. Did he get an extension? I don't yeah. think he did. Yes, he did. Who went? He was going to opt out. He got a, an extra one-year extension. Yeah, that's not an extension. That's, it is. Uh, it was, that's uh, what he wanted. Yeah, but that's not an extension. Because you, you, you know the Yankees, th- there's no no trade clause. Or else he was going to opt out. Yeah, and they I gave him that extension. Yeah, they gave him the extension, but the Yankees can, can still move. I, I'm talking about giving him. He want, I heard that he wanted an, an ex- extended three years on his contract, and the Yankees weren't going to give it to him. They gave him the, the extra year. Uh, to me, Chapman's done after this year. Coming year, I think Chapman is done. I don't think the Yankees are bringing him back as the closer after this coming year. They, he will pitch as the closer this year, and then the Yankees will realize that he's old and he's washed up and he's not the same pitcher because... They signed him, I think, one year, $18 million. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, I don't know how many years he has left. He had one more year left. That's all? I no. thought it was two. No, one more year. Signed a three-year deal. So, I, I, to me... When, I thought it was five. No, it was no, three it years. Three years, $48 million. $48 million. So he got an extra year. Yes, he got an extra year that, that gave him, you know, the extension. But, again, I'm interested to see where the Yankees go with this pitching staff in the offseason. I do believe that the Yankees are going to make a run for a pitcher. I don't know who or who, what, what particular pitcher they want. I think it's Wheeler. I've been saying this over and over again. I think the Yankees are – they really like Wheeler. They like his stuff. And they brought in the Indians, you know – you know, pitching guru, the guy that really was behind even the pitching staff when what's-his-name again was there? The Mets. Um, Callaway. Uh, Callaway was there. They said he was the pitching guru from their farm system, and they, they, brought, they were going to bring him in as the um, – what were they going to bring him in? They signed him as the head of the pitching program for the, yeah, the Cleveland – Yeah, pitching – The program for the – person. Yes, they were going to bring him in, and they decided the Yankees, oh, after they gave him the $2 million a year, I think they, pay, they were going to pay him $2 million. The Cleveland Indians were going to pay this guy $2 million because they were going to keep him because I believe that the Indians thought that he was the next head coach or the head manager of the Cleveland Indians after, you Frank know, Kona retires. Fred Kona retires. Mm-hmm. Um, the Yankees brought him in, and he is now the pitching coach for the New York Yankees. So uh, I think he'll, he'll work wonders with some of these pitchers that the Yankees have, and I think he'll make the pitching staff a lot better. I just think Rothschild was on his way out. I think he was just getting old. And I think Rothschild, if I was, if I was Joe Girardi, I'd bring Rothschild in as uh, the Philadelphia uh, Phillies uh, yeah, why not? Pitching, pitching coach. I mean, it makes sense. He, you know, he's, got, he's making a run for Didi Gregorius. And I think he's going to get Didi because I, I don't think the Yankees, even though I've heard rumors that the Yankees are still going to make a run for him, I don't see why they would do that. Uh, the Torres proved that he could play shortstop. DJ LeMayu needs to stay on the field because he's a big bat in their lineup. It doesn't make sense to bring in D.D. Gregorius. Does, do I think it's a mistake? Yeah, I think it's going to be a mistake for the Yankees. I've said it over and over again. It's a mistake because he's a leader, and he's a guy that t- players follow. 
Aaron Judge is going to have to grow up, and he's going to stay on the field. He's got to stay on the field. This team needs the leadership. Gardner's not coming back this year. CeCe's not coming back this year. DD might not be back this year. There's a new bunch of leaders that have to step up. DJ LeMayu, Aaron Judge, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres. These guys got to step up. They're young, they're talented, and they have all the ability in the world to do the things that they need to do to be the players, the superstar players they have to be to be a championship competitive team. And, do, and by the way, I do believe this, this whole camera situation with the Astros will affect the Astros this year. Now, I don't know how much, but I think the pitchers knew, I, I think the pitchers knew some things, and I think, the, I, I think the hitters knew a lot too. I think it's going to be completely different. When you have a top pitcher like Verlander, and you have a top pitcher like Cole, and they know... They, they have readings and stuff like that or from cameras, and, and you know what I'm saying? I, 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 I don't know. It's easy to zoom in on the photo if it's taken with that kind of camera rather than just seeing it on the field where there's going to be blurry. I think there's going to be a way. huge difference of this Houston Astros team this year. I don't know if it's going to change. I don't, think they're, I don't think you're ever going to see them win a World Series again. I will say that. Not in our time. Not in the next five, six, seven years. I think Houston will eventually die out and not be able to pay their players. And these players are going to move on. Well, they've been able to work with pitching well. The question is, can they do the same with hitting? Because that'll be the next guys that are coming up. We'll are there, see. Are there hitters when it comes to free agent contracts? Well, Cole's gone, and they've got to bring right. up those. Well, I got a question. Right. Well, who are their big hitters is coming up on a contract? Because, I mean, to my... Correa is. Correa is. Yeah. I think Altuve is, is after next no. year. Well, after next year. After, after next year. After next year. Yeah, signed a four-year deal. Signed a four-year mm-hmm. extension. Worth about $100 million. Altuve will be for the next year. Really? Yes. I thought he has longer than that. Nope. After next year, he's I think the only Richard. one that's obviously because he's George really young. No, I, the only one that isn't yeah. for a while is George Bregman, Springer just Bregman. signed a long Yeah, okay. but George Springer okay. just signed a, a long-term deal right. last he year. He signed, and I know Bregman signed, I think. Right. And Bregman, Bregman is, signed a three-year deal. And Bregman's, what, 25? But by the time he gets his real big contract, he's going to be a free agent. He's not signing with them. He's going to go where the money, when the money talks. And you know that. Right. That, that's why it'll be interesting to see what they do with They gave minutes. him an extension. They gave him what? what? I think they gave Bregman a three years, 80 million or 90 million or something like that. They're giving him like 25, 26 million a year or something like that amongst those, the line of that. That's what he's making. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he's going to make more in three years. Because they're not going to pay the pitchers anymore. They're going to pay the players. They're not going to, and they're not going to be able to pay all the hitters either. So they're going to need to do what they need, did with the pitchers, try to discover that with their analytics department again, how they're able to rebirth a lot of these pitchers. Can they do the same thing for the hitters will be the question. Because even though you need more pitching to win championships in a very micromanaged analytic era, you also need lineup depth too to make sure that there's no guys you can pitch around and easy out and stuff like that. Well, that's it for our show, guys. I mean, Steve? Have any intake on that, the Astros? Well, I mean, I think I, I kind of agree with what you were saying, but it all depends on what sort of suspensions are held. I don't know how the the whole no thing player is play suspensions. Out, it's it's management, um, organizational, organizational. It's going to hurt the the organization. And by the way, Mike, Correct. Carlos Beltran is going to get suspended. Yeah, yeah, and so is uh, Alex Cora. Wow. 
you think so? No, th- I, I don't. So. I, 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 I not think so. I, it's come out. They are getting suspended. Oh, they, they are getting okay. suspended. I don't know how many games, but they're getting suspended. Huh. Both of them for lying to the commissioner. Both of them. And I, I knew that was going to happen. The commissioner's trying to make a point here. You want to cheat? Well, this they, is what's going to happen. They had to make an example out of it. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I don't think Beltran's going to miss more than 15, 16 games, but he's going to be suspended, and so is Alex Cora without pay. And Alex Cora needs to win. Even though he won a World Series two years ago, a year and a half ago, he needs to win this year. If they don't make the no, playoffs again, so. if they don't make the playoffs again back-to-back years, it's he's not, gone. It's, it's not his fault that the organization doesn't have – prospects to come up when they have injuries left and right. They're probably going to move somebody, no? They might have they are to. Gonna try, they are going to trade something. They're gonna, they might trade one guy, but the reason they brought in the, the GM that they did were also to find hidden oh, right. gems yeah, with yeah, the yeah. Rays. Because uh, he found hidden gems with the Rays, Chain Bloom. Yeah. yeah. So I think that's what they're going to try to do to at least to the Mets compensate, get depth. I yeah. wanted him for the Mets before Brody. Let's, yeah. see, let, let's see what he does as a GM, guys, instead of you know, making him seem like he's the next Brian Cashman. He hasn't done anything well, no, as a I think GM. they're very different, though. I, I'm just saying. Very he hasn't different. done anything. Let's see what he does with this team. Then we could talk about him being uh, the next. He should have been the Mets at last GM. Okay? Because right now, he hasn't done anything. So let's see what he does with this team and how he's going to build this well, team. Well, he has more experience than Brody. That's the key. Well, absolutely does. Right. And he's a smart guy. One's coming from an agent. And the other one was working with uh, you know, a budget team. So, right, I mean, right. It's and a big difference. that's the kind of thing they need with all the bad contracts exactly. Dombrowski gave out. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm, I'm very intrigued and very interested to see what the, the Reds are. I'm telling you, if they lose this year and they don't make the playoffs, I think Alex Gore is gone. You, you can't bring you this guy. everybody out. No. You're I'm just, firing everybody you can't. You. You're, you're, you're the Boston Red Sox, and you're in the same division as the Yankees, and you're competing with the Yankees in the Rays. You brought in the Rays practically big, you know, the big name, the big GM. If you don't. If you don't win this year and make the playoffs, just make the playoffs. I, I fire Alex Cora. How could, you, how could you not make the playoffs back-to-back years with the talent you have? I'm sorry. You might not well, have. Their pitching is really not strong. Uh, their pitching is not that bad. It just got by and clicked the year they won the World Series. It clicked. It's mm. not strong, and you know that. Mm. We'll see. I, I'm, intri- I'm intrigued, and I'm interested to see what this team is going to do. But I'm telling you right now, Alex Cora has another losing season. Man, I mean, he, he's not going to have a job. Because I, I, I see the GM bringing in his own, G, his own coach, his own manager, and he'd rather do that. Alex Corey, yeah, he won a championship, but he also got inher- he inherited a very good team. He inherited a very good team. So that's it for our show. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be back next Monday. one 9977 like to thank Snug the Cat for calling the show. Thank you very much. Jeff, a.k.a. The Pain in the Ass. Anthony, thank you for calling the show. Uh, all the fans that listen to our show every single day. Mikey, Steve, Speedy, joining me here at Down to the Wire here at Cafe Rays, 150 Motor Parkway, Hop Hog, New York. Try his lunch, his breakfasts. I mean, his appetizers are great. Even his coffee is great. Mike loves his coffee. Um, follow us on our website, WorldWideSportsRadio.com, and follow us on all the social medias, Periscope, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat, um, radio.com, tune in radio, iHeartRadio, we're all over. And soon we will have our app up before the season, b- before the year is over. We're launching our app in the beginning of the year. Uh, you'll have an opportunity to download it and watch our shows live, listen to us live, and actually, list, actually read our stories on our app, which is it's sensational. It's an easy way to get a hold of us. You don't have to go searching for us anymore. Just download it 
on your iOS store, right? iOS store, Apple store, and your Android store, your Play store uh, in the near future. So we're very excited about that. It's a game changer for us and for all the fans that follow us. Until next week, uh, all the shows will be back tomorrow. Third and Long will be back tomorrow, thank God. And uh, the Haystack, uh, we have um, the Morning Boys that will be back tomorrow. And the return of the pain in the ass, Tyler Mothball Harrison. The home stretch. Until uh, next Monday, uh, this is Errol Marks, Mr. Stevie L, Mr. Mikey C, and Speedy Petey saying good night. We'll talk to you then. Good night, everybody. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.